Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. Uh, You're dying. <laughs> not, not dying of illness, dying of fatigue. Let me just point this out to everybody. If you are listening to this and you're thinking, you know what, maybe me and my partner could start a family. Maybe we could adopt a child. If you like having a life and you like sleep, just don't do it. Just don't do it. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> this message was brought to you by Bluetooth. <laughs> oh, I think we should. Oh, well, let's see what we're doing. So today we're doing triple, triple A, triple mania 27. So triple A is triple mania from Mexico. The 32nd edition of triple mania, even though it's number 27. Really? Yeah. How does that work? I didn't they, even know that. They just did other triple manias before they started numbering the shows. Really? So this is the 22nd triple, sorry, the 32nd triple mania, but it's triple mania 27, which I, we're covering. I love Mexican wrestling so much <laughs> it's just so full of utter bullshit like this and does this not just set the scene for what we had to witness <sighs> in this show yeah i mean this is going to be a fun podcast it was torture sitting through this show it was terrible this was delightful because considering this was one of the first pods <laughs> we did this was actually going to be the first uh triple mania of 2017 yeah it was going to be the first pod we actually looked at when we started off the podcast and yep. then we went for the um the NXT UK stuff because it was a uh, current and relevance to the UK scene, but you know we don't care about that because Brit Rest is dead, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's, that being said, so World of Red, World of Wrestling podcast number two was Triple Mania twenty five from two thousand seventeen. So our technically our fourth podcast we ever did, but yep. the second numbered one because we had the the preview thing where we just like let's just sit down and talk and check we can do podcasting, yeah. <laughs> which I knew we always could, but it was a good one to do. The prequel we called it. Then we had that that. NXT UK show because we were like oh this is going to be like the greatest thing ever <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> and then we did the New Japan road trip so this is technically was fourth um, uh, I put one quote from us at the beginning of the thing where we're discussing this all we said was it's all fucking terrible <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> how we summed up the last show didn't we sign off uh, episode two by saying we are never going to cover AAA ever again yep well, this is Brett Re <laughs> this is professional wrestling. We can go back on whatever we want. Before we jump in, I think we should address why we're not live on YouTube anymore. God, it's a ball like setting up cameras, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, I enjoyed doing video. I'm a video producer for a living, obviously, as you very well know. Um, and it was a good laugh, and I enjoyed it. We've still got all the gear, and we're still going to be live broadcasting some bits here and there, for sure. Uh, maybe mainly kind of super quiz cups and things we've talked about, yeah. live broadcasting. I think that'd be fun on YouTube. It's a visual thing as well with all the people we're going to cram in this room at some point in the yeah. future. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it was, I found myself flustered for like the first half an hour of every podcast because I've set up lights and cameras and microphones and stream keys and everything. And it became such a ball ache that fuck it, 90% of our listeners just listen on the audio stuff anyway. Yeah, I think, again, it, it was nice to do something live. Um, obviously, you know, it's, it's a big commitment. You know, as you mentioned earlier that, parenting does take up a lot of our time sure my employment job you're self-employed always hustling that's that's the term people use on the way on the hustle even though you're a legit businessman yeah sure i think um because it's the middle of summer and i'm working my ass off with weddings and events and music videos everything's all in the summer usually that like doing my day job with cameras and editing and everything and then having to set up cameras and editing for my leisure time was just yeah. like fuck this <laughs> so this is going to be purely audio from now on uh, apart from like a few extra ones and if we end up doing like something like a Patreon or something in the future, I definitely think that could be like an added extra for yeah, make it worth so. the while of the investment or whatever people. Yeah, but um, that's not saying that episode 50 
won't have accompanying video to Epis- it. Episode 50 is basically going to be a YouTube video. Yeah. Like, I think there will be some audio we're going to record like on the road trip to and from and all that sort of stuff Yeah. without giving away what we're doing still because we've been teasing this for weeks now. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how well the actual recording of the video goes before we release it. And if, you, if it goes badly, episode yeah. 50 is going to just be Stardom's five-star Grand Prix again. <laughs> <laughs> Could very well be. Well, I was thinking about doing... I'll uh, quickly discuss this. Fuck it. We'll get to Triple Radio in a minute. It's only like four hours. Um, five with the introductions absolutely <laughs> so um uh, what i was thinking about doing was doing like uh, a wrestling show like a normal podcast for episode 50 and also doing a bonus for episode 50 which would be the extra thing we've talked about oh okay. but we can discuss this later i, I don't know I, i'm umming and ahhing about it it would, it would maybe take the shine off episode 50 a little bit yeah we'll find we'll out we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. anyway so triple a triple mania Yay! So this was broadcast live on Twitch, allegedly in English and Spanish commentary, but I actually looked this up live at the time because I was like, oh, people are watching Triple Mania. Let's see what's going on. I went on, went on to Twitch and it was exclusively Spanish commentary. I searched and searched for the English commentary live. I tried the options and the, everything. I, the, it just wasn't broadcast. And so I ended up not watching it live because I was like, oh, I want to see the English commentary to see how bad it is compared to last time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, you know, we'll get onto that in a second. Uh, I did have a watch of some of it live, but like it was a bit meh. And I was like, oh, we'll find the full thing yeah. at a later date. So uh, I watched the English commentary version. What did you watch? I watched the Spanish you commentary. You did watch the Spanish because we talked about it, but we never yeah. confirmed what we were going to do. Excellent. How were the commentators for you? Enthusiastic. Okay. The, the highlight for me of the Spanish commentary is obviously how they're shouting, obviously, all of their Spanish commentary, as you would expect, and you pick out the English moves in Spanish. So <laughs> I enjoy a Canadian destroyer. Did they shout a Canadian destroyer? But my wow. favorite part of the whole commentary during, I think, the third or fourth match, because, you know, it's flippity floppity everyone's everywhere yeah, yeah when someone did a spanish fly it was like da, 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 spanish fly <laughs> not a fly espanol no, it was just like... a spanish fly and i was like wow oh, that was excellent as long as they called it a one person spanish fly then we're good <laughs> it was just spanish fly <laughs> um and i think for so from the commentators did you watch did you have the pre-show uh the hour-long build-up plus the dubbing i don't think so my version was four hours and three minutes in total mine was over five hours okay so you've got an hour that i just haven't seen so did you still have the procession of the flags as we had last yes. year? yes is that when your show started with the procession of the flags uh, my show starts in a video package a recent going on so there's a countdown then we cut into the huge stadium. It pretty much gets into like ladies and flags straight away. Okay, so I had a whole hour before that, which right. was basically, and which again, did it include this dark match that I found listed that I didn't see, which was uh, Arch- Archangel Divino Astralux and Dragon Bane versus Aramis, Erez, and Toxin? It did. Okay, how was it? Because I completely missed this. Flippity stuff. So basically... Uh, <laughs> no shit! Uh, basically, this is all like the best non-AAA luchadors all there in a, a basically a spot fest. Ah. Um, I wrote here, High Octane, Frenzied. Um, and basically, Toxin looked like um, Subbar in comparison to the other five luchadors. Okay, so he's the um, young boy trainee yeah. probably coming through. All but the old guys just hanging about, which is usually what happens in Mexico. It was still impressive. And basically the feedback so far, so um, Dragon finished off. So Dragon hit a standing Spanish fly and then a 6.30 splash for the win. Nice, okay. Um, so I mean, already that's a massive high standard of high spots. Yeah, for, from, a, from a pre-show. And a lot of the buzz um, of all the reviewers of this and all the people um, who follow AAA... After watching this match, they said, oh, I hope the Young Bucks were watching. I was like, they probably weren't. 
they're probably out in burritos before they're six man. Bad to say, there's different caliber surely at this point. Yeah, this is basically. I mean, the Luchas. Sorry, the Young Bucks at least have an understanding of narrative. You know? Yeah, like- th- this this <laughs> literally had. This was very much like an indie show where get your spots in, boys, and right. they did. But leading up to this, I I had an hour of pre-show which I watched, even though I don't understand Spanish. There were no video packages; it was just everyone standing there, the three lads standing there on microphones, including the big guy. Yeah. The, the big Spanish commentator, who I think, didn't he used to do the Spanish commentary for WWE? I definitely recognised him. When they kept cutting to him, I'm like, is, is someone Sobrero or something Hugo like Savanovic. Yeah, that's I the word. I think that was him. Yeah, definitely. I definitely recognised him. I thought initially that he was the, because he's the AAA guy, and we've done yeah. a few AAA shows over the years. One. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a few, you know? um, I've watched other ones in the past, but no, I'm absolutely convinced it was the big guy who used to do WWE Spanish yeah, commentary. So that's where I'm going with. So WWE yeah. ex-Spanish announce table guy. There you go. Now clearly has a phobia of tables. Guess who I had on commentary? Not fucking Alex Shane. Not Alex Shane. Dave not, Bradshaw. Not Kev- Dave Bradshaw. Not Kevin Gill. Thank God. Okay, I had Matt Stryker and Joe. Let me try and get this last name right. Dombrowski. Dombronkowski. Yeah. Do you know these people? Um, Don Bronkowski does a lot of stuff. Um, I think around Chicago. Okay. Sort of, uh, Chicago Indies, and obviously Matt Stryker is. He's knowledgeable, but his delivery's a bit pants. Mate. <laughs> Mate. You've been so generous by calling him a little bit pants. I, I, this Basically, my notes are 90% Matt Stryker is a fucking prick and I wish he would shut the fuck up. Did you not like his <laughs> stuff when he was uh, doing commentary with Vampire on Lucha Underground? This is why I got so disappointed, okay? I've often enjoyed Matt Stryker's commentary. When people used to shit on him on SmackDown for getting all these facts wrong all the time and everything, I was like, well, yeah, but he's so entertaining and he understands the product. Here, he's like over-explaining He's sucking his own dick the whole time about how great he is. Uh, same with Joe as well. Like, Joe is listenable and does a good job of doing the play-by-play stuff. Matt Stryker tries to be a colour commentator here, and it is oh, it's intolerable by the end of these four hours. Now, one of the things I found when we watched the foreign language shows, yeah. um, I do find it quite difficult to keep engaged for a prolonged period of time, because I do enjoy the commentary, because it does give me either the narrative of the characters and the backstory that I don't know, or it's flipping hilarious and it's sure. so bad it adds another level to watching it. But if it's like Germany, like WXW yeah. or Japan, like New Japan or whatever, um, the guys in the ring are telling somewhat of a story. Yes. In Mexico, it's just spots for the sake of spots. Yeah. And so there's no narrative for you at all, really. Not at all. I mean, this is what we'll get through and obviously we're going to go through the card in a lot of detail, but yeah. out of the eight matches that were on this card could all pretty much be the same oh absolutely this completely interchangeable for the three triple manias i've ever seen in my life but there are obviously some old favorites which we'll get to return yeah. to it. and i was so happy that some of our old favorites are now super over from uh, some of our old favorites from okay. two years ago are now super over in triple a so we jump in to an opening video package with recent going ons in triple a uh, some general AAA kind of classic moments from the years, and a countdown begins on the big screens. We cut into a fucking gigantic stadium. This thing looked humongous. Have you got a capacity for this? Like, no, because this is this is still just Arena Mexico. Yeah, it is the Arena. And Mexico this is, is now. I think, sure they've now done they've done Arena Mexico for the last eight Triple Manias. Yeah, um, which again makes sense because it's like their home venue for yeah. these big shows. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's it's huge and. Or instantly, as soon as we cut to that arena and we get to see the various sponsors 
coming for us like yes yes <laughs> unfono Absolutely. yes there's one later with wagner where he's like I'll, i've got it right down but it's like wagner's luncheon meats <laughs> like what is this like advertising ham and like and so as, as became apparent later i was like why are they advertising a sticker book <laughs> there's so many weird shit going on. you probably caught a bit more of this than i did because obviously you've got extra bits yeah so. I might have missed a whole bunch, so feel free to interrupt me and be like, oh, you forgot the sticker book. <laughs> Did you get the, the mass promo of the sticker book? I don't remember that at all, no. Because I'll forget to drop it in later. All right, go on. In Mexico, you can buy a Panini AAA collector's sticker book. <laughs> what? Panini? And, How and, does that work? And basically... That, that you collect, f- collect five Wagners and you get a free, like, Blue no, Demon Junior hot dog or something. No, the Panini, the, the sticker company. <laughs> oh! <laughs> You see the football cards and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not, not the toasted sandwich oh, goods. <laughs> fucking hell! I'm stuck in food mode. So. Oh, amazing! But basically, like the, they had like the guy come out onto the stage to do his promo yeah. about the sticker book, and then they really? had a, and they had an advert up on the big screen for the stickers. And while he was doing his promo, they just basically kept showing the sticker book flicking open through the pages, and like you oh. had like Blue Demon and Wagner's stickers just appear. Amazing. Anyway. So we're going to this giant arena. We've got this amazing looking ramp set up thing, like much better than WWE's WrestleMania setup. Yeah, I would hands say. down. Hands down. There's a giant ramp with a stage that splits left and right around these giant AAA letters. And so it's not like a heel and a face entrance. It's just there's two options of how to walk down. So, for example, when a tag team comes down, one guy goes down the left, one guy goes down yeah. the right. Then they meet up in the middle and walk down to the ring together. And it's, it's great, but at least there's some really awkward moments as the event goes on. But it did make a vast improvement on Triple Mania from 2017 with the slippery sure. steps. Absolutely, yeah. There was a few steps at the top still. Yeah. But like, you know, no one got caught out on it as far as I noticed. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett wasn't booked, so we're all right. <laughs> it's not pissed out of his face, you know. <laughs> I miss Jeff Jarrett's involvement. Bullet Club's Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, there was like a, a moment with the Wagner Blue Demon stuff at the end where like Va- uh, Jeff Jarrett was kind of responsible for the split between them yeah. and shit. I was like, we need a run in from Jeff surely in this blood feud or whatever anyway so there's tons of pyro it leads into the parade of ladies and flags we're like yes come on here we go triple mania is happening i love triple a nostalgia two two triple manias in it's mental there's like it's memorial flags aren't they like it's people that used to run triple a or they're a big part of it have got their they're like uh, pictures on these flags and they're ornate and there's lovely ladies that bring them out because it's now down to the um the wife of the original president to, yeah. to, to run it and i got who's her- the woman that got bumped onto in 2017 yeah and she also um she also gets uh a lot of shit from la park later on in the show after <laughs> after the match so okay. it's um um marissa pena who's the triple a owner and later um so she gets just hurled abuse at by mm. la park who basically goes oh by the way your nightmare's here now nice cool i had to get translations of some of these promo bits on, online i appreciate that because i'm terrible at this sort of thing so thank you very much i mean it's, it's super weird that she's sitting there with the obviously her husband the previous owner of triple a yeah in an urn oh, <laughs> yeah. ringside <laughs> but i like the fact that like because triple mania uh two years ago they had multiple urns yeah there was only two this time yeah do you so, know there was two yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was like six or seven there was too many last time weird so um the commentators get their own entrance so i'm like whoa this is interesting again i have matt striker and joe dombrowski and you had the spanish guys who yeah. are awesome uh so the man in an all-black suit talks on the ramp and he does this in between every fucking match and he talks for at least a minute every time shilling explaining something but none of this was translated for me so. it's, it's just purely shilling stuff so basically i the impression i got that it was it was the first introduction of him on the ramp was yeah. 
welcome to Triple Mania. We're going to have a lovely time. All oh, Blue Demon and Wagner. Yeah, Basically yeah. setting the scene for what's been going on and then hyping. Cain Velasquez is here as well and some of the AEW guys. We've got the president. Sure. El Presidente. He seems to do quite a good job of it. But let's be honest, the crowd weren't exactly hyped at all for the show. Um, there are two noticeable pops this uh, throughout the show. Yeah. Uh, but obviously I will call them out as we get to them in the matches. Because cool. I was shocked at how placid the crowd was. But they were for the other Triple Mania we watched. They weren't into it at all. Probably because they've been sat there for seven hours during yeah. the build-up watching people set up the ring. Maybe I was just enjoying it so much the last time because it was so bad and it was so ridiculous and such that I just kind of ignored the yeah. crowd participation. But they weren't into it until you got to the final two matches. Even like, yeah, yeah. Even the first of those two matches, like they were dead. But anyway, so you've uh, got that dark match that we've already talked about, but let's jump into the next one. So AAA World Mixed Tag Title Match. Bloody hell, it's hard to say. AAA's World Mixed Tag Team Title Four-Way Match. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yes, so this is a mixed gender tag teams. And like that, it's exclusively belt. One is pink, one is blue. Yeah. <laughs> Just for like a woman and a man to have belts and the... This is completely unique. I don't know any other company no, that would just have this. this is awesome. Yeah. Really, really cool. So, we've got Big Mummy. Big <laughs> Mummy. Thank you. And Nino Hamburgeresa, who's <laughs> yeah. my current favorite, who are the current champions, versus, oh God, making his return to the podcast, Australian Suicide and Vanilla, uh, versus Sammy Guevara and Scarlett. Fuck. <laughs> Bordeaux. Now, <laughs> fuck me. And her very, very short skirt. <laughs> that oh. wasn't even a skirt. That was just her bottom hanging out of a belt. Pretty much. It was fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Versus Lady Mar- Maravilla and Villano Jr. 3. Yes. Okay. So, this Joe lad immediately sounds like American Dave Bradshaw. I'm like, fuck. Because he's shouting and shouting and shouting for me. You didn't get this, obviously. No, no, luckily not. But Matt Stryker makes his first fuck up of the night. By calling Scarlet, Scarlet Bordrew. <laughs> I'm like, it's like Tina don't own that name, dude. You can't pronounce the word Bordeaux. Like, <laughs> it's not that difficult. In fairness, though, if he was seeing the screen ca- capture of her jumping in her skirt belt, and it was a Scarlet, <laughs> so I like, blow his load in his pants. But like, I did immediately. I'm like, you don't know the name of the American stars. Like, Scarlet Bordeaux yeah, is quite a character now. Like, yeah. she's out there, you know what I mean? Considering that she's finally been granted her release from TNA as well, she yeah. will be going AEW bound without a shadow of a doubt. Oh, it seems like it. Uh, especially with Killer Cross as well. Good heel character. Yeah. yeah. Team with um, some... Oh, hang on, you just revealed the secret partner in the <laughs> six-man. <laughs> well, it was what it... Oh, really? Was that meant to be a secret? Yeah, he was like, oh, a secret it. opponent. That was never explained to me on commentary, so who knows? Um, but the point being that... Uh, brrr, so, you know how Del Boy... Yeah, <laughs> it goes, you know, says things in a French accent, but gets them completely wrong yeah. all the time because he's trying to be Costa- worldly cultured. and stuff. Yeah, this is Matt Stryker. Matt Stryker's become Del Boy from Only Fools and Horses. He's fucking abysmal. Like, I'm glad you didn't hear this because we could rant and rave back and forth about well, it. Well, I actually know there is actually for brace yourself, everyone, brace yourself, listeners. There is a storyline leading into this title match. Okay. I, the, the shocked face expression, I wish we had cameras for this. Narrative? Yeah. <laughs> AAA. Well, the storyline leading into this um, mm. was that um, Big Mummy and her tag team partner, Nino Amorgas, um, 
They've been having a bit of beef because you hamburger racer because you got that wrong. I swear. I'm match strikering it. Do you not understand the fun? <laughs> so basically, this uh, the storyline leading into this. There's like a feud between because Nino was in love with uh, with Lady. Oh, there is a story. I remember this. And, yeah, um, they actually and, did this in the ring. Yeah. This is good. But apparently, leading up to this, that he's lost them so many matches because of his personal feelings for her. Uh, so he's become so enamoured with trying to impress Lady that he's been costing um, Nino and uh, Big Mummy many, many matches leading up to this. And that's why... You know, things transpired as they did. Shenanigans. So uh, we've got a lot to get through. So let's skip through some of this. So Guevara and Scarlett are quite a good team together, being the American heels. The introduction when they're announcing the teams, they jump down remote, uh, Dimateoing it in front of the camera. For sure. They even like steal the headsets from the commentators and are talking shit. It's yeah. terrible. But they're doing all the right things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Big Mammy has a crown and a royal cape and looks fucking awesome. And it's over as hell. One of the most over people on this whole show. Like more than Hamburger Racer, more than like Scarlett or anyone like sorry but for the purpose of match striking we were going to call him nino hamburgers from now on <laughs> for the rest of this show <laughs> so um uh we get the heel ref first appearance in this show because he doesn't do the opening no. matches, so and, and we think we've talked about this before but triple a have a heel ref who basically could just allow them to pull off any shenanigans they ever want to <laughs> because yeah. he can just be like, no, nah, I'm not counting that pinfall. I'm going to count the pinfall I want to count. <laughs> one, two, three, you win. Hooray. He's got tenure. <laughs> it, it means that like no one ever has to sell for anyone else because you've got this heel ref. Which is great for AAA based on the lack of selling there is in this entire show. It's so dumb, man. So heel ref gets his own introduction after all the wrestlers get their introductions. And you're like, oh, okay. So I see what you care about. Uh, Marvea Villano do a code red looking thing uh, and almost bend is it Scarlett in half yeah. and like they, they almost kill her like <laughs> straight away and this is terrifying some of the botches in this match well it was nice that a delegate of the female uh, American wrestlers turned up and they weren't absolutely battered by sexy star this time sure absolutely I mean that was better I mean it's Marvea that takes most of the punishment in yeah. this um, and you just feel sorry for her because there's a bit where like they um uh, Mummy and Hamburger yank a, uh, I think it's Volano off the ropes. Yeah. And he lands on his neck on the floor. And you're like, Jesus Christ, can we just look after each other a little bit? Bocci, bocci, bocci. And then fucking Australian suicide goes to do a shooting star double knees thing on the outside directly onto fucking Lady Maravilla's head. Yeah. And you're like, you fucking prick. If Safety. you can't do a move safely, don't do it. Well, that's why he's Australian <laughs> suicide. Like, seriously, this is embarrassingly bad at times. Like, scary, you know? Awful. This yeah. is basically like trampoline. Re- this is backyard wrestling in Arena Mexico. Yeah, yeah. It's it's terrible. So everyone does a dive. Because uh, <laughs> we're going to say that a lot in most of these matches. Everyone does a dive. <laughs> The, the, the format is the same every single fucking time, right? Everyone comes out to the ring. There's a little like, you know, I'm going to point to my fans. I'm going to try and encourage you to chant for me. They all do the same things. Like uh, Wagner's the worst at it. Wagner will stop a spot as the guy's punching him to look at the crowd and be like, did you say my name? <laughs> you know, like he doesn't give a shit. I know you. Exactly. It's really funny. But then there's a moment in the match where some heels will kind of take over, but not really, you know, it never is as solid, yeah. solidified as... There's no clear-cut advantage. No, not at all. And then everyone does a dive to the outside, and then we do the finish. It's literally every single match. And you'll also notice that when they go to the dive, they also do it in size order. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's always the big guy the big, always goes last. The big guy or the big <laughs> girl always goes it. last. <laughs> and, and also because the Mexican fans go, 
Oh, look, Big Mummy's going to go off the top rope. Yeah. All of these people need a Murder Clown in their match because they get dropped so often. <laughs> it gets really scary. Thank God times. Murder Clown is later on later in this show. He saves people's lives at times, you know? That one time Aerostar does a spot, like in a different show, yeah. that he wasn't there. Aerostar fucking lands on his head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, so the match breaks down to the two Mexican tag teams. We, all the Americans are just kind of on the outside. Uh, Big Mummy gives Volano a Brett's Rope big splash. But Hamburger, but Hamburger Racer, <laughs> I'm trying to get his name wrong as many times as now I can. Now we're going to have like, Ronald McDonald's like, slightly <laughs> creepy friend Grimace turn up. <laughs> so Hamburger, mate, is checking on Maravea because he's in love with her and all this yeah. sort of stuff rather than like helping Big Mummy get the victory. Hamburger then turns around as Mummy has Villano pinned. Maravea low blows Hamburger, oh! the piece of shit, rolls him up. The ref doesn't count my big mummy's pinfall that's been happening for the last five <laughs> seconds. Turns around, counts out um, hamburger guy. Uh, ref turns to count the pinfall. One, two, three, and new mixed tag team champions, whatever the fuck it's called. Lady Marave and Villano Jr. third. Um, Russo's booking Mexico now, clearly. Low blows. At least there's some narrative. Yeah, We've got a heel turn here. Yeah, it was good. I mean, if I'd have known the story, and I kind of start to realize what's happening as the match yeah. is going on, it becomes more and more obvious that this is going to happen. Yeah, but there's <laughs> nothing wrong with logical storytelling. because sure. And it's still got a little pop from maybe six people when she did the low blow. They're like, I laughed. Does, Does that, that count? <laughs> oh, she's got his gherkin. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, Lady Maravere is masked, obviously, so we're not quite sure how she looks, but she's a slim, athletic, good-looking yeah. person. Hamburglar <laughs> is not. He is exactly what his mixed... Uh, his. A World of Wrestling podcast name from now on, the Hamburglar, is going to be. Absolutely. He's uh, he's at least 300 pounds. He, is, he does not look after himself. His teeth don't fit in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, he's an interesting character. He's but too like, fried short of a Happy Meal. But the, fa- <laughs> the fact they've got this story over is yeah. kind of funny to me. Now, do you, know what, it. do you know what the... Pro- did you get the promo afterwards? Yeah, so Big Mummy Cats makes a promo afterwards. Striker does his best to translate it, but it's... it's yeah. So, so the translation was that basically Big Mummy took to the microphone. She expressed her anger at um, Maravilla for hurting um, the Hamburglar. Yeah. And she wanted a singles match with ah. her. Ah. Great. So, <laughs> do, 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 do. I yeah. the Tiger plays. This fucking friend of the podcast, Conan, hey. makes his entrance. Hang on. What music played? <laughs> so, I the Tiger, because copyright doesn't exist <laughs> in Mexico. There you go. So uh, it's kind of a little bit disheartening when Conan needs a bit of help down the, the steps at the top. You're like, yeah. oh, you're getting on a bit now. Like, your knees have gone in 98, you know. So, but like, goddamn, I love Conan so much. Does the intro for the pod. Legend. Uh, do you know what his promo was about? Well, I know that he was a Rudo immediately, which made me yep. frown because I'm like, oh, what he, a G. <laughs> he, he basically insulted all of the Mexicans in attendance at yeah. Arena Mexico. Um, and compared himself to national icons like El Chavo Deloche, Delocho, sorry, it's fine. Okay. Bad pronunciation. And um, yeah, and nobody interrupted him and he left. Cool. I mean, he's gone as fast as he arrived, to be totally honest. Within seconds, he's just like, whoop, cuts the promo, off you go. Keeping him, keep, <coughs> keeping the ultimate level of professionalism fi- yeah, filling sure. so man in suit doesn't have to do too much shilling. Well, that's what it is. I, I, I think if you cut the man in the suit, all the kind of promos that don't really come, amount to anything. This show could be an easy three hours. <laughs> like a nice time. Well, it'll be three hours. It certainly wouldn't be hours. an easy. Well, it'll be three hours. 
Yeah, better than the four or five that we end up watching. So um, there's a memorial video package. Ends on Silver King Memorial, who died uh, earlier this year. Camden. Uh, That's a shame. He did, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, some lads come out to Smells Like Teen Spirit, because copyright doesn't exist in Mexico, and stand around a plaque. Uh, Stryker explains this is a Hall of Fame induction for Silver yes. King, and I don't think we need to joke about this. Like, so no. It's a shame what happened, and blah, blah, blah. Medical staff should have been there earlier. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Fuck shitty promoters not having trained medical staff could, could have it saved him who knows but we will never know yep for sure so fair play to we are the independent for making sure that's in place with all the stuff they're doing for wrestling promotions to oh, get good. them life cover and stuff like that equity making sure that to be able to claim this insurance or allow the workers who work these shows to claim this insurance they can work they only work on shows which have set guidelines amazing them. so it's really, really good cool. whilst I know a lot of the like, we the indep- a bit like a beginning of a union well, that's what it's trying to be. It's not as much of a union side of things, but this is the whole thing behind We The Independent. It's more than a merch company, although I'm sure that uh, Rob and Big Dave Star are taking a fair decent cut out of all this merch sales, because even sure. in Canterbury, I've seen people walking around with We The Independent shirts. Oh, nice. So, you know, fair play to them. And if it's going to work well for the wrestlers, then I'm all for it. Yeah, cool. Did you too sweet the person in the independent shirt? No, because I'm a corporate sellout. And I was like, what's this guy doing walking down the street? I've wearing my, I've got, I'm got my corporate umbrella on, keeping myself dry. Well, this guy's soaked. So uh, I'm not a biggest fan of Pets at Home as a, a place because like, they abuse a lot of their animals and shit. But I really need some cat litter. <laughs> so I was like, okay, it's the only place I open at seven in the evening. I went in and I, I don't remember what t-shirt I was wearing. I think it was uh, in Gorbanable's t-shirt. And the guy, as he served me, just lifted his hand up in a too sweet. And I was like, yeah, buddy. <laughs> it was kind of a really nice touching moment. <laughs> anyway, so now you're going to continue to go to pets at home just to too sweet people. <laughs> like, yeah, anyway. In fairness, though, very quickly before we move on, the video tributes to these guys. Yeah. Quite well done, I think. Considering we like we've mocked a lot of like the uh, the the AAA production values for their their videos, sure. I, th- I think again the the reaction in the arena was positive, and I think again. So looking back through the comments, whilst we're obviously slating it, a lot of people who stayed up and watched it, there's not that much negative stuff about this. I know obviously on Twitch only twelve people watching, but out of those twelve people, no one complained. Good stuff. Well, this is a podcast of me complaining about it. So there we go. So basically, this is 48... To continue that theme, this is 48 minutes into this show for me, and there's only been one sloppy four-way tag team match, and that's it. Two hours in for me. Yeah, it's a long time. Flipping At least you've had two matches. <laughs> but like, well, very true, good, yeah. As good as the video packages are, it's like, can we just get on with it, please? Like, again, like, like what my dad was saying last week, like, can we just get to the wrestling, please? Like, if you're trying to get new fans, yeah, maybe show them some action that they care about. You know? Yeah. Anyway, so the AAA World Trios title three-way match, which is currently vacant because one of the people who is the champion uh, has gone on to a different program. Yes. Uh, like for a world belt or something, isn't it? I lost yeah. track of who, but the people in this match. So we've got Las Fresas Salaves of Mamba, Mexico, and Pimpanella El Scarra. Oh, fucking hell. Escalata. Who are, are a lovely, lovely exoticos for this evening. I'm very aroused. <laughs> Versus, oh God, let me try and get this. Los Gintes del Air, which translates to the something of the air. I did write it down. Oh, for God's sake, it's here somewhere. Um. Anyway, <laughs> of uh, El Hijo del Vikingo. My God, he's got a lot of potential. Uh, Golden Magic and uh, Mr. <laughs> Junior. So many Zeds. So many Zeds in this name. It's crazy. Ray Mazzetti Zed Junior. 
<coughs> versus uh, Nuvero Porra del Norte of Carter Brava Jr., Macho Cota Jr., and Tito Santana's here, boys! <laughs> <laughs> it's not that Tito Santana. It's oh, a, a different person calling himself Tito Santana. How uh, dare you, sir? Tito Santa. That's <laughs> what I wrote in my notes. It is Santana, but yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Tito Santa. I mean, immediately, as the first like uh, Exotico team come out, I'm like, so many bright colours. There are drag queens. There's a woman singing a song. It's Exoticos. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Tex Williams' entrance. They're fucking hilarious. They were top draw. And again, uh, this Pimpinella is, how... is talented. Like She's an old girl now, you yeah. know what I mean? But like, Jesus. But this is why we watch AAA. We get everything. We get our young luchadors. We get our spot fest. The Exoticos are brilliant. Dare I say it. There was a bit too much serious wrestling on this show and not enough absolute mayhem with, I don't know, giant inflatable hamburgers at ringside like we had that last yeah. year, remember? I want more wackiness. This was too to the point almost. But I wonder again now if that's because AAA are trying to... Because they've got an MSG show coming up. Interesting. So I wonder if they're trying to be a little bit more mainstream, a little bit more serious, hence why bringing in people like Cody, the Bucks, and Kenny Omega to try and get a bit more mainstream exposure. Yeah. Bringing in people like Cain Velasquez. Can, can you imagine like five, six years ago, AAA going, we're going to bring in an MMA guy who's basically been shitting all over professional wrestling, and we're going to put him in one of our main events. Yeah, sure, sure. But now they're like, oh, we've got an MSG show. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's something to be said here for the last people to run MSG that I cared about, ROH New Japan. New Japan's involvement was absolutely amazing. ROH's involvement was embarrassing. Have you seen the ROH tours on the UK in October? I had I had so little interest in the product. I had no idea they were even coming over here. I didn't even know it was a thing until I saw how many tickets they've actually sold. Six. Okay. They've sold, I think it's 70 for London. I think it was like 50 for Bolton. <laughs> like well, there's a big racing hotbed one. in Bolton. Now they're football clubs in the shitter. <laughs> for sure. And the reason, uh, I've gone off topic a little bit, but ROH haven't announced a single name because a lot of their guys' contracts end in September and this show's in October. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> like, well, if we lose Bandido, if we lose Marty, if we lose all the villain enterprises, if we lose these guys and these guys and these guys, Dalton Castle eventually goes to WWE like he probably will. How long is Dalton's, cast, uh, Dalton's contract? Do I, we think, know? I think like there's five or six guys on the very top of their card that are all up in September. Well, good thing they've given the belt to Matt Taven. No one will touch him. This is this is a conversation for another podcast, but I don't hate Matt Taven. I quite like him. I, li- I was very happy when he won the belt. I think it's a good heel. People seem to hate him, but I don't know. I like it. I think in comparison, to, as you said, like the five, six guys who are going to leave when mm. their contracts go up. Yeah. It's sensible for them to put it on a belt for someone who the bigger promotions won't touch because sure. they know he'll be there. And then he might Jay Lethal it and be a case of, I'm, I am Ring of Honor. Yeah, probably. Anyway. So we've got to jump back to this match, uh, this, this trios title, isn't it? So a three-way trios match. Um, <laughs> there's immediately a Canadian destroyer. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> um, Vikingo uh, looks like Khabib Nurmagomedov to me. You know the guy who fought Conor McGregor in the UFC? Oh, God, yeah. Like the, the, very, one, well, the one where they had all the beef on the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So very, very serious, very, very attentive sort of character. Like, I think this Elfijo de Viking has is, is got all the potential in the world. Like he's, he's the one guy that stand out for me in all these early matches. Well, he's a name that's been thrown around recently for, um, again... Everyone's saying AEW need to sign this guy. Yeah, his character, his gear, like yeah. it's super fucking cool, man. He, and as you said, he was definitely one of the highlights of the show. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, he makes this match interesting. Considering you're in with nine other wrestlers. Yeah. Well, nine wrestlers in total in this match to be the person to stand out, considering you've got the Exoticos, which will obviously draw your eye straight away anyway. And doing all the comedy stuff in yeah. the middle, you know, but you're the one guy doing all the serious shit. Uh, it's so much fun. Like, he does, like, a springboard, what I think is a 630 to the outside, but they get this horrific camera angle where the camera guy is standing underneath. Yeah. And so he has to pan really quickly. But this is getting a bit technical now. They're obviously filming with what's called a rolling shutter because it looks like you're massively distorting the image almost. Oh, okay. So you can't actually see anything at all. <laughs> all you see is a blur of light as he basically tries to kill himself for like our benefit. Rick Flair's very well talked to him. They just video distorted him. <coughs> I don't know why my throat's killing so much today. Sorry, boys. Anyway, um, but yeah, like, I was like, if I was doing a 6.30 to springboard to the outside in a group of people, I'd want the cameras to fucking film it. Tell you what, if you, do, if you ever do a 6.30 springboard, I'm going to fucking give you so much money. <laughs> Episode 15. <laughs> so, uh, um, one of these lads just did a tope to the outside to a, to sunset flipper dude. Uh, that was Tito Santana who did the tope to a cedar. Like, so, essentially propelling himself from the ring into a powerbomb of himself. <laughs> and I'm like, fucking idiot. What are you doing? That was one of my five, six bullet points I picked up. Yeah, Tito Santana, um, Tope Suicida into a sunset powerbomb by El Hijo de Viking onto the floor. Yeah, so but he's the one taking all the punishment. El Hijo de Viking gets a little sunset flip on the floor. He dives from the ring, powerbombs himself, and then gives him the sunset flip. You're like, what the fuck? Get yourself over, kids. It's so dumb. It's brilliant. You can see the logic of like, what we'll do? I'll do a springboard into the sunset flip. It'll look amazing. <laughs> but he misses and just like, bang! Yeah, but, does it? but this thing like, at this stage, if you thought that was bad, then you got um, um, Poda de um, Notre doing the uh, doing the Tope Suicida into the Destroyer. Yes, that, to that put, was great. Because that was next, wasn't it? That's <laughs> yeah. next in the list of crazy shit that happened. It, it's a nine-person-assisted Canadian flip thing sort of like mess, you know? Yeah, is that what we're thinking about? Yeah, into the t- and then through the table. Cool. There. So everyone does a dive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It breaks down to Vikingo and one of the army lads. I don't know who he is. Uh, inverted 450 by Vikingo for the one, two, three, almost out of nowhere. And the Riders of the Air, that's what that translates to. Uh, Los Ginetes del Air, I'm guessing, of Hugo the Viking, Golden Magic, and Mr. Junior win the match. Um, is Mr. Junior some sort of relation to either Ray or the, um, how should we put it? The uh, Mystico family tie. I he th- has the Mystico mask. I thought he was Mystico tied. Uh, I thought he was Sinkara to start with. Yeah. My, my thought process is like, oh, bloody hell, Sinkara's doing all right for himself. Yeah. But then you just, like see him, he's a bit slimmer and he's doing yeah. flips and not botching. You're like, oh, maybe it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm assuming you don't know who. No. No. Okay, cool. Let's carry on. So Matt Stryker has this amazing line of Mexican lucha is the best lucha around. Great. Well, CMLL. Don't really mind about that, do they? Absolutely. And the guy in the suit on the ramp goes, the next match is a spectacular. <laughs> oh, perfect. And it is. <coughs> it is proper spectacular. Sure. So, the Copper Triple Mania match. Let's Which- get ready to... <laughs> Which they do at every Triple Mania, as far as I'm aware. It's basically a quick way to get everyone on the show. Of Aerostar, Averno, Chessman, Draga, Drago, <laughs> Eclipse Junior, sorry, Eclipse Junior, um, La Parker, it is La Parker, isn't it? Not yeah. Park, Monster Clown, Pagano, Puma King, Reyes Scorpion, 
Superfly, Vampiro, and our boy Conan. (laughs) You haven't also listed Murder Clown yet. If I miss Murder Clown. You miss Murder Clown. You said Monster Clown, who's in there as well, but you also miss Murder Clown. Oh, because our boy Murder Clown's also in this match. (laughs) And also, a new friend of the Clown family, you also miss Dave the Clown. Who's Dave the Clown? Dave the Clown was in this rumble as well. Was he? He's one of the other clowns. Yeah. I miss loads of it. Fucking hell. Okay. So Striker goes, this is a Royal Rumble style match. And basically it is. Like, I thought he was just going to get it wrong completely, but it's a Royal Rumble style. You, one pins. person comes, but you can pin, you can submit everything else. And also eliminate people by throwing them over the top rope. But there's a special rule in Mexico that if you're the person that throws yourself over the top rope, so you do a dive to the outside, you're not eliminated. And right, because you haven't, elim- you have not been eliminated by anybody. Self-elimination is fine. Absolutely. So As- Macho Man still would be in the rumble yeah. in this case. And again, self-elimination is fine if you're watching WrestleMania 2000 <laughs> on your N64. <laughs> oh, brilliant! <laughs> making me laugh. You hurt my, make my throat hurt. <laughs> so Eclipse uh, is Super Crazy's nephew. Uh, and definitely has some elements of super crazy. I think there's some potential. A lawnmower? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> fucking hell. So Matt Stryker will not stop talking during this match. He's starting to become very annoying. It's become one constant. Just like constant with Matt Stryker to the point where the other guy actually interrupts him at one point and Matt Stryker's like, oh, why, why are you talking? <laughs> and like, Dude, what? Like, it's, it's bad. So uh, copyright doesn't exist in Mexico. All these guys have got copyrighted theme music. Uh, there's every time there's a countdown, and we come to the next person, there's a giant explosion <laughs> that hurts my ears because I was watching this with the earphones. Oh really? Because they had yeah they had the countdown clock in the bottom right hand corner of the screen. Yeah. Or if you started watching it on a dodgy YouTube version because they watched it on the flip mirror, it was on the left hand side of the screen. That's when I realised I was definitely <laughs> watching the wrong version on YouTube because it was obviously pirated and flipped the other way. Right. Okay. And then I found a more um, up to date version of the of the um, of the show. Cool. But I love a Royal Rumble. Yeah. I mean, I love a Rumble too, but this again, it's just <laughs> this is probably one of my favourite matches of the night. To be fair. And again, um, there, there are there are storylines throughout this. A few are there. There are. Are there a few? I'll, I'll pick them out as we go through them. Don't what, worry. The, we know Murder Clown's going to catch Aerostar when he jumps off something that? high. <laughs> that that's not a story. Obviously, we've got the old. We've got Conan and Vampiro re- reciting their bad blood, which we'll get to True. as we go through. Yeah. And obviously, everyone enjoys a uh, a Donald Trump <laughs> T-shirt, which Conan was wearing. T-shirt. Uh, well, vest top. It's a bib. <laughs> He's wearing a Donald Trump bib. Mexico is for nacos on the back. <coughs> Conan's trying to raise money to build that wall. Yeah, sure. What's a naco? That's just what it's on the back of his shirt. I thought he meant to put narco or something like that, but hmm, yeah. who knows? Um, and then, yeah, but... Yeah. And, and then I've got to say, our boy Murder Clown, when he comes out, he looks amazing. The new mask, the new gear. Like, yeah. He looks fucking great, man. And also from a storyline perspective as well, Cheeseman and Pagano have been going at it for about six months prior to this. Cheeseman? Yeah. Dave Cheeseman. <laughs> <laughs> I love autocorrect. <coughs> oh, well, we've got Nino. Maybe I'm just really hungry. Nino Hamburglers. And now we've got Cheeseman. Cheeseman. <laughs> fucking hell oh so, so that's why you probably didn't pick up on the big storyline because he's actually been feuding for six with cheese man and he just ended with chess man nightmare okay fair enough like i don't care but like it's all good <laughs> so uh, there's i a- actually did proper research and a thank lot of you i appreciate it someone out there will give a shit so murder clown does the andre spot where everyone gangs up on him and then he powers out and i'm like oh i love you so much um and he goes i don't want to live forever fucking aerostar comes out from the roof you're like, what? How are you already on the roof? 
And obviously our boy, Murder Clown, keeps him nice and safe. Doesn't catch him, but takes all the force of the yeah. brunt as he falls down. Brunt of the force, sorry. As he falls down. Now, sign him up, Cody. Sign him up. Do you think, <laughs> did you notice something that was either potentially deliberate and really well done or a fantastic coincidence as Aerostar jumped off? Go on. So Aerostar comes down on his little platform from the ceiling yeah. and he's in front of the video wall of his own entrance video. And did you notice that the video had Aerostar push his hand forward? And as he pushed his hand forward, it looked like it knocked Aerostar off on the video. Amazing. I, I didn't cock it at all. I was scaring, scared for the dude's life, you know. Like, let's put this in perspective. He's what? 50 foot 50 in the foot air? In the air. This least. is like Shane McMahon at Backlash jumping off and there's not like some yeah. kind of padded no. crate below He's him. falling onto one person, which is Murder Cloud. Hey, he's falling onto everyone who just choose to fall away as Aerostar's still standing on the platform. Murder Cloud's like, fucking idiots! <laughs> as he catches everyone. Yeah. Every triple mania! <laughs> but yeah, if you, ha- if, you, if you watch it again, just watch just for the the visual of the video of Aerostar pushing himself off the platform. I, I might gif it and put it on our Twitter, which yeah. is World of Rest pod, by the way. So yeah, there you go. So uh, someone has uh, torn Aerostar's mask. So Aerostar goes to rip Monster's mask, completely unveils Monster's face. <laughs> like He doesn't just like tear it a little bit. He goes to tear it and goes, oh shit, <laughs> there's your face. <laughs> you know? Well, there's not much money in AAA, so you know they can't afford multiple masks. <laughs> so he's like, this is going to cost me three weeks work in you the factories. You say that, but later on there's some interesting stuff with multiple masks, which we'll go on to, but it doesn't matter. So uh, Monster receipts the stiff as fuck chair <laughs> shot immediately <laughs> afterwards. And you're like, unveil me on TV, you prick, and hits him with a chair. On TV, on pay-per-view. Pay-per-view. Sorry, there you go. So Striker hits a new low for commentary. He starts doing cat puns uh, that I'm not convinced were even puns at all as either Tiger plays and Conan comes out. Um, I'm like, is he wearing a giant Trump bib? Because <laughs> he is. Yeah. Uh, so he's the American kind of character, isn't it? Yeah. Because that's what he—that's what he's doing. He's, yeah, he's, I mean, he's literally having a pint in the corner at one point during the match. Like, he gives no fucks. Sat, sat on Brett's rope. Yeah, yeah, just sure. having a having a drink. Well, to having be fair, pint, you know, chilling out. He did like strike a few people, so he's probably very tired. Yeah, for sure. Do whatever he wants. He's Conan. You can, yeah, for sure. Un- so, well, so yeah, I was gonna say until well, Chessman comes out. Cheeseman, Cheeseman, and, and Red Cheeseman. I, I've got the perfect description. Chubby Mexican wolf pack sting. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he is. Or, or, or Katie Vick's boyfriend. Oh yeah, sure. But like, it's definitely more sting than Kane. Yeah, shorter and fatter. I say sting face Kane's body, Kane's uh, outfit. Yeah, just about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's about right. Just stealing everything. Doesn't yeah. give a fuck. So ACDC's back in black plays because um, copyright doesn't exist in, Mer- in Mexico, America, Mexico. <laughs> and Vampiro comes out. Nice sell with the holy shit as Striker on commentary because Striker's like, holy shit, it's Vampiro. Like, I thought he was dead swears. from Utes Underground. Where, who released yeah. him from his contract? But I, I really liked Conan's selling of the, oh no, it's Vampiro. God damn it. What's he doing here? Because yeah, they properly get the advantage or the Rudos yeah. this time. So Technico coming out and it's a big deal. It's really, really cool. Um, Vampiro and Conan brawl. Vampiro eliminates Conan just kind of walks to the back. Our oh boy, Murder Clown, does a 619. <laughs> booyaka, booyaka. Uh, God damn it, this scorpion fuckface just hit Murder Clown with a chair and pinned him, eliminating him from the match. I shall strike thee down with furious anger. God damn you, cheese man. How dare you eliminate our boy? My throat's killing me. Just give me one second. I really, really want someone to create some Murder Clown merch. The only merch you can buy is Psycho Clown or Pagano. It's fucking infuriating, isn't it? So there's a point later in the thing where they're trying to shill us merch. And I'm yeah. like, I would gladly buy your merch if you had anything for Murder Clown. Yeah. You know, anything at all. 
Anyway, so I love it. They suddenly wrote, "Oh, here's this uh this murder clown snapback, or here's these murder clown memorial gloves." I'd buy everything. Like I would get my credit card. <laughs> like fuck it, have it all, please. Murder clown pencil case. <laughs> sure. I mean, he was even in TNA, and they didn't even make merch for him. And I'm like, come on, I'll give you money. Just yeah. make a T-shirt. <coughs> they're, they're they're leaving money on the table. Sure, with a guy that's like this well known as well, and being the guy that catches Aerostar every year. You yeah. do realise we are just on our Amazon shop, so search World of Wrestling Podcast um, at Amazon.co.uk, Amazon.com, pick up our World of Wrestling Podcast t-shirt. We will, I will say this now, we will, you will, uh, find someone who can help us design a Murder Clown t-shirt for the World of Wrestling Ooh, Podcast. Some sort of like, we'll catch you. <laughs> you know, Murder like, Clown will catch you, arms wide open, and we'll them? have fucking, what is it, um, Creed? With arms wide open! <laughs> What's the uh, thing with the cat hanging from the branch that all like people have in their office and stuff? You know what I mean? Uh, like, hang on yeah. or something. We need like a murder clown version of that. Do you want murder clown so hanging like, off a tree? <laughs> like the kitty but murder clown's face. Do you Could know? we get a cat version of murder clown? That's, that, <laughs> that t-shirt would sell. Oh my God. <coughs> Grapple cats would be all over that. Yeah, I'm totally in. That sounds amazing. So uh, Le- Buy a t-shirt so we can afford to do this. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go to Amazon, search World of Wrestling Podcast, you'll find them. So uh, LaParka looks like he gives zero fucks when he comes out in the match. This is not the LaParka you know from WCW. That is a gentleman who is now called L.A. Park. This is like a second generation LaParka. Yeah. And I mean, the second he hits the ring, I'm like, well, he's winning. Yeah. Because it's LaParka for fuck's sake. He doesn't ever job. Even this LaParka doesn't job. So immediately botches some sort of arm drag combo thing. You're like, you're just calling this one in, mate. Uh, so Purple Clown with uh, Purple Balloons distracts La Parker so Chessman can roll him up and eliminate La Parker. That was like, Dave the Clown. Oh, that was Dave the Clown. I always thought it was Purple Clown, yeah. but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it's because we can't have anyone go over this guy clean. Of course not, no. It has to be shenanigans, you know. Uh, more shenanigans with the heel ref doing fast counts and stuff. The last two in the match are Pagano and Cheeseman. <laughs> Chessman. Uh, straight away, they botch an Oscar spot, and I'm like, fuck these idiots. Uh, Chessman puts himself into a DVD position on Pagano on the top rope for some fucking reason. Uh, pretty dodgy looking air raid crash off the top rope into a one, two, three. And your winner, as predicted at this point, is Pagano. Because Cain Velasquez is in his spot in the semi-main event. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, pretty much because Pagano is basically a headliner for AAA. And with LA Park and La Parker and all these people, like you know, they yeah. don't lose, which is a problem. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, but at least... I know on the other side of things, we always say, you look at the flip-flopping of Brock and Seth Rollins in WWE at the moment, at least they don't 50-50 book their top stars. Their top stars win. So if you then had Pagano in LA Park... Oh, you're talking about Mexico. Yeah, go yeah. on. Okay, yeah. You'd actually have a main event where people go, well, he hasn't lost and he hasn't lost. This is Technico versus Rudo. Sure. Who's going to win? As opposed to no one gives a shit because they'll, be, they'll just get the receipt next week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, post-match, we get a blackout, some TV static and dodgy noises appear. L.A. Park and his fellow La Parker-looking fellas in suits come down to ring. And you're like, oh, shit, it's the actual La Parker we know, the yeah. chairman and all that sort of stuff. Uh, they beat down Pagano and smash the trophy they got from 20 quid from China. Uh, <laughs> hey, don't knock the, the, world, the, the Super <laughs> Quiz Cup. <laughs> Like, honestly, while purchasing the Super Quiz Cup, I found the trophy they used in Mexico on that oh, really? website. It's <laughs> fucking ugly as shit. So, Ellie Park sounds like a cartoon villain, like, next time, gadget on the microphone. He is amazingly good as a heel. 
I have what I think is a translation of the promo. Amazing. Where did you get all this from? I searched high and wide on sort of uh, AAA fan sites and AAA message boards and Reddit boards to see what they were going. And nice. obviously seeing the English language speaking, Spanish language people trying to communicate and translate for it. So there were a few translations of this, all of the same ilk, but I enjoyed this one the most. Cool. So while Pagano is down, LA Park took the mic and said the following per a Reddit forum. <laughs> So this could be hideously inaccurate. Don't forget, Cabron, you started as a dog's butt. Oh, wow. I'm on the top and you stayed behind. If these people want a hair versus mask match, we will give it to them. Ah, so excellent. It so Pagano's up. losing his hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. And then after that, he turned to um, Maricela Pena, who's the AAA owner, and said, oh. and I must have got, Senora, your headache is here. Oh, amazing. Cool. And, and she was probably thinking, yeah, because it's been a fucking long day and I'm still holding this urn. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so there's a brilliantly awkward moment after this uh, where the people are coming down for the next match, but the LA Park lads are still walking to the back on this tiny little rampway. So they kind of have to avoid each oh, sorry. other. Sorry, excuse me. Sorry, excuse me. Brilliant. So leading into our next match, the AAA, Reña de Reñas, the women's queen of queens, basically, was it comes down to? Yeah. Uh, title for seven-way TLC match, which is currently vacated because our current champion, who is Kara, Kara, uh, was injured and comes out in a wheelchair and everything at the beginning for the kind of the big spot. And it's, it's okay, yep. do some cool storytelling. But uh, the seven people in this match, right? We've got Chick Tormenta. Remember that name because she's very important in this match. Uh, Fabi Apache, who we know before. Lady Shani, who we know before. There's lots of people we know before. Yeah. I'm just going to carry on. So, uh, La Hidera, uh, Taya Valkyrie, or Taya Valkyrie, as Matt Stryker pronounces it, uh, Tessa Blanchard, and replacing Kara in the match is, yeah. sorry, <laughs> is Ayako Hamada, who's the daughter of the famous Hamada from Japan and everything else. So, we've seen before. Tessa Blanchard, I will just say this now. She's probably one of the only reasons why Impact Wrestling is still doing as well as it is. Sure, yeah. Because her Slammiversary main event against Sammy, ha- Sammy Callahan was brilliant. Have you seen it? Okay. Really, really good. I haven't watched it. Yeah, top notch, top work. Yeah, intergender. Yeah. I'm all about that. That's fine. And yeah, yeah. they beat the shit out of each other. Cool. But in a safe but believable manner. Nice. And I think she's really good. I like Tessa Blanchard. I still sure. feel a little bit creeped out by her little entrance thing with the wink. Because it looks, right. it, again, doesn't help that we don't have cameras, but it's very much like cheesy. Oh. Yeah, she kind of puts her butt to the camera and turns around and winks and yeah. stuff. Wiggle, wiggle, wink. Mm. But then I sit there and think to myself, maybe if she drops that, Scarlet Bordeaux could uh, pick that up. <laughs> maybe so. Who knows? So uh, Striker lies to us and tells us this. <laughs> and tells us this could be the match of the night. Uh, Hidera is an ent. <laughs> She comes out in full tree gear. Yep. Looks amazing, man. What an entrance start. I mean, this is the thing as well, though. Like in all, all the women in this TLC match, like ring attire, they know their characters, they know their roles in this match. Sure, yeah, yeah. And probably at this stage, despite being a mass cluster of, of humans in the ring, probably the most organized clusterfuck. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think that they obviously have been backstage and one or two of these girls have been dictating how this match is going to go. I agree. Yeah, well, some of them are heavily involved in the narrative of like, you know, Taya coming up to the girl in the wheelchair and 
being a part of that narrative and someone attacks yeah. her don't they and Tessa's part of that as well it's it's a complicated little story if you haven't like seen everything that's coming up to it but they do a good job of establishing faces and heels and such definitely definitely yeah cool so uh, Lady Shani who can only assume uh, has her kid with her in full gear during her entrance this is super cute man. yeah a kid must be what like seven to nine something like that and they're doing the full like ring entrance with the gear and the mask and everything and it's literally one for one like the scale yeah. almost <laughs> like it looks really cool I, and again it's the moments like this in wrestling again I will harp back to like WWE where it's like Shane McMahon when he was wrestling Undertaker brought his boys out to yeah. do the ring entrance great moments it's not stuff like that that's really nice I'd like to one day walk to the ring with Harriet but she's causing me trouble to not sleep at the moment so she can have hopefully a good night's sleep but well, she's got big strong muscles big st- <laughs> daddy I am a big strong girl <laughs> and when I lift my weights at the moment because I'm being a bit lazy yeah. um, I just get home I take off my suit and I just sit in my front room with my pants and lift my weights and nice. Harry looks at me going daddy I put on my pants too <laughs> rips off her nappy puts on a pair of knickers and starts lifting her inflatable weights with me oh, and then saying awesome. daddy you should do more <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> that's good motivation to be fair no, Daddy, you have not finished. <laughs> so, uh, Taya, Taya, whatever, has bought her stapler and a few toy belts for the kids, I'm assuming. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's good to show your merch. There wasn't a raffle, so you've got to have someone shilling something at the merch table during the, the, during the match. <laughs> I'd love a triple A raffle. <coughs> that, that would be amazing. With this many people. Jesus Christ, that would be fucking great. So, uh, yeah, so a bunch of shenanigans to start of the match. Uh, Hamada is uh, repl- replacing Kero, as we said. Uh, this match is super, super botchy. Uh, thumbtacks dumped on the ramp. Weird stiff DDT looking thing into them. Like, the total mess. Uh, honestly, I found this difficult to watch at times. Like, there was some sort of narrative going on, but the botches were scary. Oh, yeah, I did, as I said, they, the match had structure. The execution was poor. Yeah. There's an I am the table moment where the table doesn't break on the outside, which leads to one of the spots of the night where Chick Tormenta is up top, ready to dive onto Taya, who's Taya Taya, um, who's laid out on a ladder that goes from the ring apron to the guardrail, right? As you've seen a million yep. times. Six-sided ring. We haven't even mentioned that yet. Yeah. This is a six-sided ring, this whole thing. So Tessa then gets behind Chick Tormenta on the top rope and kind of very kayfabe just kind of gently pushes her right <laughs> chick tormentor then completely misses the ladder doing a front like a flip bump smashing herself into the ground because she over rotated folding herself in half and knocking herself the fuck out like oh, she is so completely scary. out so scary i've never like felt winded more than i have watching this happen and i was just sitting at home watching this and you could tell that people knew this wasn't great due to the number of like medical people who just came literally just plat powered out yeah and like tessa blanchard being the consummate pro was like just gonna carry on fighting (laughs) (laughs) it's great did you catch the one really concerning bit for me about the medical staff and how they got into the ring there's no other exits there's the one ramp down the middle that has a tiny gap either side of the ramp, but not enough that you can really get down. You couldn't get a stretcher down there, for example. I didn't even think of this. The, the medical staff have to come out the side entrance, right? Yeah. They have to then get assisted onto the main ramp to then walk down to the ringside to help this girl. Jesus. And it's like I didn't pick up on that at all. No, it's really bad, man. Really, really bad. Like if someone got seriously fucking injured, then then like they're, they're dying. Like there's no way out. <laughs> like Bloody this is hell. Mexico full and through, mate. Anyway, so Taya takes a bump off the ladder, but the cameras completely miss it. Tessa Blanchard just grabs the belt and wins. At least the cameras caught that bit. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, 
But I also wonder if it's the case because there was such sort of a medical issue. I wonder if it was like, right, go home. Go home. Just get, go home. Get the belt, go yeah. home. Yeah, it could have been. So uh, so new Orenia de Arenas is Tessa Blanchard, which is surprising for me, being like the American contingent coming across. You know? Yeah, but they've still got their deal with Impact, so they're going to yeah. want to keep that deal going. And, and what a champion, to be fair. She got some great matches. Yeah, I think so. If you, if you look at some of the people, and Ty is doing sort of dual duty across Mexico and in the States, yeah. I think it's going to go really well. And again, some, some of the women this match were... Yeah, they, they they had improved. Like Lady Shahani from last time we saw her to this time. Oh yeah, compared uh, to the fucking crazy stiff botchness we had with that dickhead who was breaking people's arms yeah. and stuff. What's her name? Sexy Star. Sexy Star. This was, um, you know, seven girls working together at least. Yeah, because as you said, when we watched uh, Triple Mania twenty five, no one wanted to work with anyone. It was basically get your own shit in and ignore what everyone was doing. This, as I said, there was structure just executed very dangerously and chicks or mentor jesus christ i didn't i haven't been able to find anything bad mm. about the um about her bump so i assume everything is all right because normally if things go horribly wrong that's the first thing you see if people survive yeah, sure basically not like like osprey everyone be like oh he landed on his head again yeah for sure like i'm hoping she's okay yeah. um but it's very concerning she has to be assisted out and all this sort of yeah. stuff like i think they stretch her don't they yeah and th- to be fair though if you're that winded and you take that bump you don't want to risk moving until you can get out of there no, and have a proper sure. medical assistance in america her eyes clearly rolled in the back of her yeah, head she was like, you can see silly. her looking and like there's someone talking to her and she's not looking at yeah. them but kind of responding which is <laughs> one of the scariest things i've seen in a while in a pro wrestling yeah. game Anyway, so the commentator's banter here for me is absolutely intolerable. They're left for about three, four minutes where they just have to improvise. And it's like, it's it's unbelievably bad, dude. Really, really bad. Um, This is where we get the Wagner Nutri-Deli meets advert. (laughs) BN, BN, BN. You know, the thing Kevin Kill didn't know was Wagner's catchphrase and he's commentating a AAA show. Fucking dickhead. Anyway, so we jump into the next one of six-man tag team match of Kane Velasquez. Yes, you heard that right. The UFC's Cain Velasquez, former heavyweight champion, the guy that beat Brock Lesnar, um, with Cody, uh, Cody Rhodes, fuck it, I'm going to say his last name, and Psycho Clown, who's basically top, uh, yeah. top, um, top, top Technico, Technico in a AAA at the moment. If you take out the kind of the legends of yeah, like Blue Demon, the main and event, and everyone yeah. Else. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's basically like the top, the top Technicos are going to be Psycho Clown and Pagano. Uh, you can add um, La Parker in there as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, pretty much. I'm trying to think if there's any others that I've missed. No, not really. They should be pushing for uh, Vikingo. Yeah, absolutely. He yeah. should be the top guy right now. It should be him versus like Wagner in the main event. You know. Well, if, will they get the opportunity? We'll find out. Yeah, maybe we'll see. So, uh, so those boys. So, Cain uh, Velasquez, Cody, and Psycho Clown versus Los Mercenarios. So the mercenaries of El Tex- Texano Jr. and Taurus, who are basically our jobbers for the, the Eternal Term, and their partner, their secret partner, who is Killer Cross with Scarlet Bodrow, <laughs> as Matt Stryker pronounces it. I would definitely bod her row. Mate, she's unbelievable, isn't she? Right, AAA, well done. This is great promotional book, and again, leading back to this MSG show, you're going to have Cain Velasquez, and you're going to have people turn up and want to watch him, because sure. it's his debut. You're gonna pretty have pretty much the reason we watch the show. Yeah, you're gonna have Cody, who is the president of the hottest wrestling company in the world right now, and you're gonna put them with your top star. Brilliant, and you're gonna get them very to go, smart, and very, you're gonna get to smart. go against people who can work but will not be damaged by losing to any of these three people. Sure, yeah, brilliant. Totally. Really, really clever. The commentators me put over that the guy cosplaying as the bull doesn't get, doesn't get on with the lad pl- cosplaying as the cowboy. Hey, leave Black Taurus. <laughs> 
Torito, can't say that. <laughs> but like mortal enemies, obviously. Yep. Guy playing as a bull, guy playing as a cowboy, makes sense, you know. I like it. This is proper Russo booking right now. Sure. So, um, maybe the best moment of the night happens here for me when Psycho Clown comes out because he has what I'm going to describe as an oversized Kiss star guitar that is a fucking flamethrower. <laughs> it's so cool. This is why they don't have enough money for a budget for Murder Clown merch, because basically Mur- Psycho Clown was like, we've got the clown merch budget, but I'm afraid I have taken the kitty and I've bought a guitar flamethrower with it, because I saw Rocket WrestleMania one year, so I'm going to do it. Mate, it's so amazing. The bit that starts to worry me a little bit is he does his entrance with the guitar, then comes down, still holding this flamethrower, hugging fans, pointing the guitar at them, you know? <laughs> Don't hit the trigger, whatever you do, because, you know... I mean, his name makes you think you can definitely trust him yeah. carrying a flame Psycho bro. clown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should start becoming, like, psycho tax. <laughs> Imagine if the guitar had accidentally gone off as he was hugging fans. That uh, would have been the best stripper major ever. Oh, my God. Set fire to half the audience. <laughs> this is a serious flamethrower. It's, like, ten foot, like, oh, the flame on it is massive. Flipping beast. So impressive. Oh, anyway, so Brandy didn't make the trip, unfortunately, to Mexico. Uh, she wasn't booked. No, no, for sure. Yeah. So I, I had a question for you at this point. Can you compare how Kane debuts for AAA with how Brock comes in for the WWE? Mainly the entrance, more than anything at this point. Are we talking about his first debut, as in when he appeared on Raw after Mania, or are we talking about his re-debut when he came down and beat the shit out of John Cena? Just in general. Just how, how these two are presented to us as fans. So, how is Brock presented, and how is Kane presented in this show? Well, Brock is normally presented as a man who's just going to come down and beat the shit out of anyone and probably enjoy it. Yeah. I don't think that Kane Velasquez got the memo. Kane is one of the scariest human beings in the world in terms of he could fuck anyone up. I'd liken... He was heavyweight UFC champion and beat Brock Lesnar. Clean. He, he was treated here. Kane Velasquez was as close to an exotico. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's so weird. He comes out to generic Mexican music. Yeah. He's got a shitty mask with horns in it when there's another guy with a better mask with horns on in this match. Yeah, but he doesn't get on with a cowboy. <laughs> exactly. He's got kind of like pleathery trunks on like tights sorry it's he looks kind of out of shape as well to be totally frank for someone who's shit on the business and then given this opportunity to make quite a lot of money one would assume yeah to then not bother buying ring gear and also of course what ring gear are you gonna buy black trunks yeah and the fact he's masked why is kane velasquez masked that's gotta be that's gotta be kane velasquez (laughs) (laughs) i've killed him again yes so, I mean, there's this... Uh, you think about how scary Brock is when he arrived. And you hear that, dum, 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 dum. And you're like, oh, shit. And he makes his entrance, gives no fuck, speaks the shit out of people, you know. Kane comes out. Novelty Mexican restaurant. Can't get his top off all the way because it's stuck on his MMA gloves that he has to wear because he's an MMA fighter. Of course. He has a Mexican flag but can't lift it up because his T-shirt is stuck on his hand so he can't grab the flag. Like, what is happening? He ends up taking the middle of the flag going, look, it's the middle of the Mexican flag because I can't lift the whole thing up. Like, be proud of me. It was not a great entrance. Fuck, man. It was so bad. I was so hyped for the idea of like, oh, it's Cain Velasquez. I like Cain Velasquez. He should have, but it had. They, I know they wanted to put him in a six man to protect him, but they should have basically just had him come down 
and kick the shit out of two or three people sure. and just eviscerate them. Yeah, yeah. Take, take a couple of shitty jobbers, have them squash yeah. them. You know, I mean, it doesn't get the publicity that this gets. You know, no. I think this is this would have helped a lot to get butts well, and seats. I think it all depends on what their long term plans. If this is a one and done. Mm. They had to do it this way yeah. to get their money's worth. If he's actually going to stick around and be a professional wrestler, which I don't think he will. I don't know. I don't think he's going back to the UFC. No. Well, no one's going to the UFC anymore, are they? Well, he's also very injured and had to take a long time out. And it's, it's, it's done his time. He's he's reached the pinnacle. Yeah, there's no point in ruining your legacy, Anderson Silva. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, there's, there's countless names. You know, people yeah. just kept fighting way too long. <laughs> Rich Franklin. So Killer Cross is pretty cool. I'm warming to him. My but first time seeing him wrestle. I've seen a few bits of him in TNA. I hate him because he's got Scarlet Bordeaux. Like they're literally a partner, yeah. partners, whatever you know. So he's done um, well in life. God damn you, sir. God damn you. God damn you. God damn you. God damn you. <laughs> but I, I think he, because where a lot of people have been signed up by NXT or AEW, yeah, he's got a great opportunity to go and be the top heel on the Indies. Yeah, he's very good at looking angry. Yeah. I think that's a huge compliment to player pro wrestler. He's you know? do. I mean, I mean, you look at Robbo. Yeah, he, he's, he's yeah. along those lines. Yeah, that's a good example of Paul Robinson. But what? But seven foot tall and yeah. ripped and tattoos and, and his um, last feud in Impact was was with Eddie Edwards in some some kind of hardcore beef. Cool. But he was playing some kind of similar to like Daniels when he was doing his Fallen Angel character. He was some kind of not preaching is the wrong word, but you know the sort of type of thing like. That sort of area. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he needs it. No. He I could just be... His name is Killer. This is going to sound sad. As a, I always shit on Randy Orton. Randy Orton's really good right now, by the way. Um, but... No, he's not. Killer Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux together. He can just be Randy Orton. Yeah. He can just be a big a dickhead, basically. Yeah. And that's enough for him. He doesn't need all the other stuff. I think he's thinking too much about it, you know? Yeah, I mean that's that's his creative license, though, isn't it? He wants sure. to, he wants to be a character. But I don't think he's doing justice to how good he could potentially be. Well, that he he's a prime example of someone who needs the machine behind him. Either he needs to go full take a cane you know, that area, you know, or he needs to be just a cunt basically to yeah. people. And he's kind of floating around in that middle bit at the moment, you know, trying to be too entertaining for a heel. Yeah, almost. but he's he's the sort of size of person that if Vince McMahon got his hand on him, he'd just be ploughed as a top destroyer. You say that, but then you look at guys like Cesaro, for example. Yeah, but Cesaro is an athlete. Killer yeah. Cross has that facial expression to make you look like he's going to come and stab me. Whereas Cesaro is Fair point. A, yeah. a, a guy you go, he's a big boy, as opposed to he's going to fuck me up. Yeah, sure. You could bring him in as a destroyer. He'd be really, really cool. Yeah. We'll see. We will see. Um, so the the match starts with Killer Cross slapping Kane across the face and points at him a bit, and there's like no heat at all. Fans <laughs> <laughs> are like, "Oh, okay, great." But we're meant to care. This is obviously a moment yeah. that sets up the match. Uh, Kane tags in, well, and no one wants to wrestle him. Killer, Killer Cross has been training Kane Velasquez. Oh, really? Yeah, that's oh. that's what part of the beef of this story is. He's come on because he's been training him to be a wrestler, and he feels disrespected. So our American Rudo guy is training top face Mexican MMA guy, mm-hmm. but yet they're on opposite teams for their his first match in their biggest show of the year. Yeah. <sighs> so Kane goes full lucha, does Rana, Cabrana, arm drags. I'm, I'm piercing myself laughing at how great this is because this is ridiculous. He's Kane Velasquez. He should walk in and punch someone and win. Lucha, lucha, lucha. 
It's fucking great. Essentially, this mask is Kane versus Cross, and the others here are to fill the gaps and to put people over. Yeah. Cody is literally here for the ride. He does nothing. He does one dive, which leads to Psycho and Cross getting the I am the table moment where the table doesn't fucking break. Kane puts Texano in a Kimura, and Texano taps. Yep. Uh, your winners are the, um, the mercenaries. Oh, wait, hang on. No, they're not the mercenaries. Sorry, I'm just the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Killer Cross. Oh, for fuck's sake. The winner, Cody. Psycho Clown and that 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 that's gonna be that's gonna be Kane Velasquez. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, some dickhead comes out after the match, tears Psycho's clown's uh, off his, mask off his face. Wait, that doesn't make sense. I've written a weird sentence here. Uh, Cross shouts at Kane uh, as Kane unmasked, disqualify that man. He unmasked himself. You know. So that what that was the mercenarios. That was um, Ray Scopino and um, Hydra ah, who came out to attack, cool. and we saw um, Ray Scopino in Ray Scorpion. Yes. Yeah, um, in the Rumble earlier. Okay. Cool. So um, I recognised him. So the bit that got me is when they unmask Psycho Clown, right? He obviously covers his face and stuff. And then we were saying about affording multiple masks. Yeah. Like the Rudos are on the ramp with this mask, like playing with it and stuff. And then Psycho Clown's back in the ring with a fucking mask on. And you're like, where did you get that from? It's like a snake that can grow its stone <laughs> skin. It just brings it all the way back. But, you know, maybe Cain Velasquez had one in his El Torito hood that he was wearing. There we go. <laughs> so, I mean, I've just written this match was utter shit. And after this match, this is where I got the promo for the sticker book. Jesus Christ. And what a sticker book it was. And they went on about the sticker book yeah. for multiple minutes of the same video flicking in the background. It was out flipping so standing. I mean, you've got Kane Velasquez. You've got Cody Rhodes. You know? You've got Psycho Clown. You've got not really over heels, unfortunately, but you know you know what's going to happen no, but all the time. Black Black Taurus like, and at um, least working some spots, you know. There's there's very little here. It's all about Kane doing lucha shit, and you're like, why can't Kane come in, double leg someone, and beat them up? Well, I, I said I think this was the, this the attraction. This was the tra- attraction to get the audience in and potentially more American viewers watching this by getting Cain Velasquez in. And if they only had him in for like one or two spots, they may feel cheated for their money. As you said, Cody went for the ride. Cody's not working that stiff as ass ring in six sides. You say that, it looks like a bouncy castle in the middle of the ring sometimes. Yeah. Like the ref, for example, when he's wandering around, his foot goes like four or five inches deep at times. I wonder if it's a different, because I thought they used the same type of rings that TNA used, but people who have bumped in the TNA ring. Also, shout out to Chuck Mambo, making his impact wrestling debut. Did he? Yeah. Bloody hell, okay. Top work. Well done, Chuck. Chuck. Well done. And, you know, stay there till WWE buys it. (laughs) (laughs) Probably a good shout. (laughs) Yeah, so let's carry on. So finally, something that might be watchable. Nearly three hours into this fucking terrible show. Four hours for you. We get a six-man tag team match of the Lucha Brothers, Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. versus uh, Anne Laredo Kid. Sorry. Versus the elite of Kenny Omega making his uh, Mexican debut. debut. Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Kenny Omega's name is on the big screen. Everything is going to be okay. Genuine sense of relief as I'm watching this. Because... As much as I know this is going to be more of a Lucha-style botch fest, at least Kenny Omega's here. A couple of V-triggers yeah, in Lucha-style. Lovely You know job. he's going to make you care about what's happening in the ring. And this is purely... Because uh, Kenny hasn't wrestled since that many matches since uh, January, has he? No, very few. So this is basically Cody and the Bucks have done this going... Kenny, fuck me, mate. Do some work. Get ready. We're going to be. We've got six weeks till we're on TV. You need to lob off that ring rust because you're a VP now. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, they do a pretty good job of it, to be fair. Like, the match is a botch fest. It's yeah. just guys doing spots for spots' sake. But at least it's... I, if I'm going to watch Lucha, and I'm going to watch this format of the match, because it's exactly the same format yeah. as all the matches. We have spots, 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 spots. Everyone does a dive, go to the finish, you know? I'd rather watch this, these six guys doing it than anyone else we've seen so far. Because at least we know everyone will be safe. Yeah, well, mm, ish. Well, uh, the, the the Bucks and Omega will make sure everyone's safe. <laughs> sure. The Lucha Boys. So this Laredo kid became my favorite wrestler straight away because he came out to Scorpions Rock You Like a Hurricane. And I was like, <laughs> yes! <laughs> I had to pause like this. I had to pause it and go watch the whole theme because you know that dickhead drummer guy on the ramp like, intro- yeah. in, like ruining the music, basically. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go listen to Scorpions for a minute. <laughs> it really satisfied me. Um, so, yeah, we've got this this kind of kabuki-looking fella with what, some... What, Sane? <laughs> no (laughs) with some giant drum doing kind of chinese drumming thing there's a chinese dragon like the new year's thing yeah where does this come from owe are any of these guys (laughs) chinese like where was achilles ben when all this was going on it's a surreal thing like you see what they're going for but the chinese dragon actually gets in the way of uh penta and ray phoenix's entrance there's no pop for them and they're like the most over guys in triple a well they did lose the belts they, or previously sh- to the they, Bucks. Sh- they shamed Mexico. Shamed Triple A. So they try and get the crowd involved, but it's just corpses in the arena at this point. They're so tired and it's absolutely dead. Uh, the arena is legitimately silent to the point where you know you go to some like indie shows and you can just hear the ring. Yeah, because it's squeaking and everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're watching Triple A in the arena, Mexico, and all I can hear is the ring squeaking. <laughs> brilliant miking job mm, not a good thing not a good thing at all uh when omega gets tagged in the first time there's this brilliant sign of respect from the crowd they're like oh yeah, nice. Kenny omega's in the ring uh, it's nice to see how over he is pretty much everywhere yeah i'm gonna throw this out there oh Cero miedo! my fucking i'm just just in love with pentagon jr also banging merch absolutely man the merch the mask the hand the way he does it the way he shoves his hand into like kenny omega's face like fuck you kenny i do not fear you he has done a brilliant job of raising his profile off the last couple of years because he really came to my attention after season two of lucha underground when he really debuted in it and that stage the whole presentation of penta was like this guy's something different and then you saw his work and then you saw him beat the shit out of vampiro I was like, yes, please. He's great, man. He's really essential in Mexican wrestling right now. And this is the interesting thing, because like you said about Kenny Omega being known everywhere around the world. And again, yeah, of course, like I said before, I thought he'd go to WWE, see if he could make But obviously, he's going to stick with his mates, obviously. Yeah. But, I think he's making so much money between AEW and this and yeah, everything else. You know? But I, had AEW not come along mm-hmm. and he'd gone to WWE, he would be a global superstar. Penta? No. Kenny. Kenny. Maybe. But Penta... I think, I think if WWE, he'd be Dolph Ziggler. Penta needs to never go to WWE. No, 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 no. Definitely not. Do not let Vince McMahon anywhere near Pentagon Jr. No. That would be terrible. So um, the Elite Boys are basically the American heels in this match, even though they never really changed their characters completely right until the end of the match. Yeah. Uh, which I kind of respect. Uh, it's kind of a weird, weird, constant high spot mess generally throughout the match. Um, oh, a Young Bucks match from like six years ago. It really is. They, they, like, 
the young Marks Kenny and this and um, we know they can all tell stories now. We've seen them in yeah. matches do it for New Japan, for AEW, whatever. This is them going back to ah it's triple A cares, just do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, at one point, Kenny Omega just has to sit down in the ring and watch Matt Jackson take a package pile driver, trapper keeper, by Penta on the hardest part of the ring uh, as no one cuts off Kenny Omega at all. And so he's literally sitting there and be like, um, I'm not going to ruin this spot, so I'll just sit down in the corner and hopefully no one will see me. <laughs> and based on the camera work, most people missed it. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the camera shows Kenny Omega directly behind this package pile driver. He's literally there on screen as they're showing it. And it's, it's, what, 30 seconds that he yeah. get opportunity to go save Matt, but doesn't? His his laces were untied. He had to be safe. Double exactly. knot this time. I mean, he should have at least pretended to tie his laces yeah. or be distracted by a fan or something. But on the su- that's the most I've ever seen Kenny slip. On the, on the subject of being distracted by a fan, completely out of uh, seeing this. Kofi, yeah. Kingston, the weekend, there was um, a great video that his family were at ringside and obviously he's got his pancakes behind his belt. Yeah. He looked in the crowd and there was a woman just looking down at her mobile phone so he took a pancake and threw it in her face from the top <laughs> rope. I was like, that's so good. Did you watch NXT and SummerSlam yet? Uh, I watched the the uh, main event of SummerSlam and I also watched the um, the Fiend debut. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I haven't watched NXT yet. There's some good moments. Some I, really I, good I, know, I now know the results because it's been you know three days in the world of wrestling cool. and I need to do some research for this show. Yeah, enjoy that main event on the NXT show. Fucking Gagano. It's definitely not your cup of tea. I know that for sure. Just Fuck. people kicking out of Canadian destroyers over and over again. It's fucking furious. That that thread. Speaking of which. No, that, that, that thread on Twitter. Um, yeah. Again, follow me at the Tex Williams. Follow Rich at Fanboy Rich. The the dialogue of disgrace of the Canadian destroyer has yeah. been the most entertaining thread I've seen online this week. This is this is even talked your lariats of the G1. Thanks. Uh, I, I um, felt very justified when other people who were involved in pro wrestling started agreeing with me. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Because people seem to love Johnny Gargano and love his matches and stuff. I fucking detest them. Agreed. Because he, it just makes it boring. The reason ROH got really boring for a while is everyone would come out, do the same fucking thing every match, and then just go to the back. And that's what Johnny Gargano does. He comes out, does the same fucking thing every single time, does a billion moves, gets bored, grabs some weapons, uses those, usually in submissions as well. Yeah. That's just fucking tiresome, man. But and unlucky, Johnny Gargano, because you're about to be sabled when Candice LeRae gets pulled out to the main roster. Pretty much, man. Uh, like, uh, where, where's Johnny Gargano going to fit on the main roster? Um, on 205 Live. Thank God we don't have to watch him anymore. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so last third of this match feels more kind of booked, I'd say. Like it has some sort of formatting at least because the middle of this match is a fucking mess. Um, the ref eats three super kicks because Kenny pulls the ref in front of them at one point. You're like, oh. The elite then go full heel by low blowing all three lucha guys at the same time. Shenanigans all around. Kenny suddenly unmasks Phoenix. What a piece of shit, Kenny. How dare How you? How dare you? You're on hallowed turf here. Kenny puts Phoenix mask on himself. <laughs> I feel like this is pretty cool. Now, this is genuinely impressive. So in the process of giving Kenny a reverse Rana while covering his face with his hands, so not using yeah, his hands. insane. Phoenix manages to get the mask back off of Kenny's head and back onto his head in the process of doing this reverse Rana. I was like, what the fuck just happened? He loves to defy physics. Like, you know how people plan stuff all the time and it yeah. never comes off? <laughs> like, this is one of those things that should not have come off. The, the backstage conversation would have basically been this. I think we could do this. And Kenny was like, well, it's AAA. 
<laughs> give it. Who cares? Doesn't matter. It goes wrong. Yeah. If it turns Not into my a bot, you know, I'll get some likes on on Twitter and Facebook. That's it. It's your face that's out yeah. there. You know what I mean? You're gonna have to wrestle the match like this <laughs> with your hands covering your face <laughs> the whole time. Peekaboo, Phoenix. Peekaboo. So this kind of leads to our finish. <coughs> Like you're about to be finished. Oh, fucking hell, my throat's killing me. Um, so triple Canadian destroyers from the Mexican oh, lads. sake. One, two, all oh, three Americans kick out. Of course they do. Package pile driver combination to Kenny. <laughs> Laredo hits a 450, kicks out. Uh, package pile driver, double com- double double bleh. package pile driver, double stomp combination, gets the one, two, three, Penta pins Matt Jackson, and this match is over. And your winners are the Lucha Bros and a Laredo Kid. Correct work. Now, this match yeah. they could have done really well getting Laredo Kid over a bit more. Yeah, I thought so. But I don't think they utilized him as much as they could have done. His gear is pretty awesome. Yeah, his gear is good, but his in his in ring time wasn't great. No, not at all. Um sorry, I forgot to mute my phone as always. Um so That's right, I thought it was your cat. <laughs> <laughs> Cat's fine. So with all these lads uh, capable of doing, this was a bit yeah. Just spots for spots sake. The crowd were dead right up until the end of the match. Uh, I feel like... Um, Do you feel if this match had been AEW, it's been a completely different level of in-ring action? Yeah, I think it would have been much more planned out. I think they would have been able to play off the fans a lot more. Yeah. I think there would have been more of a story. I think they will probably, hopefully, touch wood, a bit less kicking out of things like Canadian Destroyers. Yeah. I don't... This is the thing. I'd like Tony Khan to slap these boys around and be like, yeah, that's, that's all great, but let, let's just keep a few things sacred here's know? the thing i don't understand as well and it's similar to what we mentioned about the twitter thread and the twitter discussion you're having you the discussions of the rest of the people involved in wrestling and have, who have the same feeling about this canadian destroyers mm. it's interesting that they are the older people of yeah. professional wrestling who seem to understand the need to protect moves and i don't want to suggest yeah. that people are completely a be this like it's a mass age divide but if you think wrestling fans of our age people involved in the wrestling business of a similar age to us yeah. versus those who are in their early 20s. We've grown up on psychology, in-ring work, and protect you know, the finisher is the finish. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. Whereas now you've got the people who are coming through who are seeing so many high spot matches that the idea of storytelling and the idea of this is a finishing move and you only kick out of it on oh my god moments because mm. then what is the point in kicking out of someone's finish all the time because then it, everyone's going to go, oh, he's not going to hit it. I'm literally 50-50 about this in that I think you should be able to kick out of finishes and important moments and stuff like you're saying. Um, I don't think that like the one-wing angel should never be kicked out of. There's a really brilliant, beautiful part where Kota Ibushi is the only guy that's ever kicked out of the one-wing angel. And so whenever they meet, there's always that like, oh, you're the guy that I can't finish with this. Yeah. You know, there's good narrative. There's things to be played off of and such. What I don't hate is that when you have something that is legitimately as lethal as a Canadian destroyer, being kicked out of three, four times on a show yeah. like this. Because this is, move is used a lot and it's kicked out of every single time. It never finishes a match. And because all these modern fancy moves seem to never kill people off, I would like to take this opportunity to announce my new finishing move, the bear hug. Sweet. <laughs> okay. So post-match, they set up Kenny Omega versus <clears throat> Phoenix for the Triple H Mega Championship, which is going to be fucking awesome. Conspicuous by its absence on their biggest show of the year. I know we've said this wondering... last show that they focus on the trios and the tags, but... Yeah. Phoenix isn't even carrying the belt, as far as I'm aware. No, they had some belts with them. I don't think it was that belt. No, that's the tag, tag belts. Yeah, I think they had a trio's belt there as well. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, Kenny says this nice line: uh, "I will prove to you that AEW is better than AAA," and spits in Phoenix's face as he walks away. And you're like, "Damn, Kenny!" 
Yeah, going yeah. for it. Again, these two guys cannot put a bad match on. No, it's going to be great to see it. Yeah, like I love Penta's character. I want a Penta mask more than you can possibly imagine right now. Um, and this, I assume- really, Phoenix is the guy. Yeah, and this will be what headlines their MSG show if they'll sure. allow Kenny to work in the States. If AW will allow him to work it. Interesting. I don't know whether that's going to come off, but we'll see. Because you saw, obviously, on the G- uh, some of the New Japan shows, like Jericho and Moxley weren't allowed to work the American dates. Yeah, 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 sure. So I, I, wonder- I doubt Kenny could. But <clears throat> Kenny's, Kenny's a VP, so... Oh, no, in fairness, no, I say that, the, the MSG show, um, Phoenix did say in his promo that he will give him a title match, but only here in AAA and only in Mexico. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. So, I mean, it's going to be really cool. Uh, the Young Bucks are incredible. Let's uh, just be honest. Uh, Kenny Omega is the best guy in professional wrestling right now, maybe aside from one or two other guys, but he's right up there. Hang on. Let I mean, me look at the book turn babyface up and I'll tell you where he is. <laughs> Hang on. Sake. Chris Brooks is better than him in this ranking. And uh, Loretta Kid's got a lot of future. Yeah. Big future. Him and Vicano. Vicano. Yeah. Vicount. Advant, 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 Viking. Those two boys, build your promotion around them as the next two guys to come up. Sure. Hopefully they will. Mexican politics in Lucha yeah. is... The three families. Yeah, it's it's iffy. I don't. I, I think Vikingo belongs to one of the families. Yeah, he should be all right. I don't know about Laredo. Laredo will have to sign elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I, I want to see a, uh, a legendary Lucha putting over El Hijo de Viking like now. Can you imagine if it's the park... Uh, any the, the, the the proper chairman yeah or well, la park yeah la park la park yeah yeah sorry la park that's never gonna happen yeah but wouldn't it be good if it did there's two guys that just genuinely will never job in triple a yeah i wanted them to our main event so our main <laughs> event is a lucha de puesto match so mars versus hair of blue demon jr who's basically an import for triple a versus dr wagner jr who is basically top guy old school tanahashi of mexico perfectly put way to put it you know so um, quick question where did he get his doctorate from <laughs> some mexican place I don't know. <laughs> so blue demon jr is coming out on a goddamn forklift is lifting him into the air with an air cannon as the red hot chili peppers are playing this is classic triple a and then what the fuck so is wagner on the other side of the stage he's got his own forklift lifting him in the air uh, but coming out to bad medicine by bon jovi and i'm like forklift battle yes this is the best version of robot wars i've ever seen holy shit man it was so good best use of pop me so hard Best use of a forklift since Judy Bagwell was on top of it. Oh, my fuck. It was so great. So um, the forklift operators have Lucha masks on as well. I don't know if you caught this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, really, yeah. Like, Lift the gimmick. Uh, Wagner is masked, which I was like, hey, didn't you lose your mask last year? Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Exactly. Or the year before? Yeah. That was our main event, which we watched two years ago. Yeah. Wasn't it? yeah, sure. So I've just written here, what am I watching? Because finally we cut into the video package of some sort. And there's the betrayal storyline yeah. where Wagner's turned on Blue Demon because of Jarrett. But like Wagner's still technically a face, even though he's a Rudo here. Because in Mexico, half the fans cheer the Rudos, half the fans cheer the Technicos because they don't understand what storytelling yeah. is. Um, but, but they and they also don't understand copyright. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's bad medicine by Bon Jovi for fuck's sake, you know. Uh, so we occasionally cut back into the entrance ramp. As like the um, that's my cat guard. Ah. So occasionally we cut back from the video package to these two dudes in their forklifts getting closer and closer <laughs> together as the video package is playing behind them on the nice. big screen. 
Like, what a visual, man. Pretty cool. Well played. Save all the budget for the main event. Owen oh, um, and Pagano's flamethrower. <laughs> Sorry, Psycho Clown's flamethrower. Give me one second. Sorry. So, this is the thing. I said, so, this is why I like AAA so much, because can you imagine if in AEW or WWE that they had like Cody going again? Well, if they it's like, fucking ridiculous, mate. Let's have Hangman against Jericho, and we'll have the introduction on the top of fucking lift platforms with the guy who's lost his mask wearing his mask again. Yeah, what the fuck is happening? Well, Rey Mysterio. Well, yeah, but like you know, he's not meant to. This is the company he lost the mask in. You're not meant to wear the mask again to then unveil yourself. Well, Psycho so, so, so Clown put his own mask back on. He's just got lots of masks. But he didn't have his face revealed. It's like I bought lots of t-shirts. And <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the commentators talk about the two families facing off on the rampway. So there's like 10 dudes in Wagner masks, all with the same gear. Then one guy in a Blue Demon Jr. mask, who is Blue Demon Jr.'s son. Yes. So these are the two families facing off. Striker on commentary goes, oh, there could be a riot. I'm like, what, 10 on one? <laughs> Fuck off, Matt Striker. Listen to the Kaiser Chiefs, prick. Oh, he's an idiot. What? I don't get that. Oh, I predicted right. That was a terrible joke. That's not even a joke. Anyway, so they face off on the ramp as Blue Demon Jr. and Wagner come down from their forklifts, and it gets really awkward because everyone's just standing there looking at each other, going, Wait, are you going to go? I've got 10 guys. Am I going to go? Are you going to go? Like, it's so weird. Always the lower number guy goes against the bigger number guy. Yeah. That's how it works. So it's not like how, you know, one guy has made his entrance on the forklift. And then got into the ring. And then the other guys come out. They've done their entrances essentially the same time. Yeah. Like what bullshit political conversation they had backstage. That this is how it ended up being. You know. Oh I'm, I'm a bigger star. I should definitely come out last. Oh but I'm the local guy. I should come out last. You know. Which has led to this bollocks right. But my family have got a forklift license. Where we know how to use forklifts without the license. Absolutely. That, that's the conversation that happened backstage you know. So uh, Blue Demon Jr. is obviously going to win. <laughs> because <laughs> he's Blue Demon Jr. because of some bullshit probably and Blue Demon Jr. doesn't even sell this is what I wrote before the match right so heel refs out and I'm like oh he's definitely winning now yep. <laughs> even though he's technically the technico here uh, he seems like a right dick Blue Demon Jr. always has done. yeah I've never liked his work no. to be fair I've never really been a fan of Wagner's work to be honest I have a soft spot for Wagner yeah because of the mask and his and stuff you know i mean in fairness he does sell luncheon meat as a gimmick and so. he, does, he does a mishinoku driver as a finish too yeah is it protected uh no no so, <laughs> <laughs> so he'll refs out and uh, there's a big freeze here in my version was there a big freeze in your version yes. or did you get yeah. to see what no, happened no no i got i got okay because this is definitely part of the stream because i was watching the stream version that was on twitch so a fan actually jumped the barrier. At this oh really? Point. Yeah, because the Matt Striker talks about it a little bit. I can find out about promos, a promo talking about being a dog's butt, but I can't find out about a fan fucking rushing the ring. Yeah. So a fan, I think a fan attacked. I think it was Blue Demon's kid at ringside. Rightly so. Get, you, then, get yourself over, kid. And then from what I understand, it's some of the Wagner lads that kind of stepped in between the two, like completely ruining kayfabe. But it was very hard to find actual uh. like reports on what happened here because I don't think anyone saw it unless they were in the arena. And to be fair, they were looking at their feet at this time anyway, so they probably missed it. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, because they were asleep. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> you go, what the fans? In yeah, there. yeah. So Blue Demon Jr. rips Wagner's mask open and smashes a champagne bottle over Wagner's head. Standard. Gloves, which is his cue to blade, obviously, because it's a Lucha de Puesto match. Wagner unmasks himself, and you're like, again? 
Hang on, what's going on? So Wagner then rips Blue Demon Jr.'s mask open and smashes a baking tray over his head, which is his cue to blade. And it's an absolute fucking gusher. He was flooding out. He's yeah. basically like someone... Well, you know, if we're going to use cooking cooking phrase, he should open a pot of ketchup. Yeah, for sure. It's like he's doing the thing where he's puffing his cheeks out to make the blood flow more. Yeah. But it's, it's there's a flood of blood coming out of his forehead. Yeah, it was it's pretty gross. It wasn't great. No, but this is exactly what you expect from a Lucho Puesto match. Yeah, it's 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 bloody war, isn't it? For sure. So realizing that Wagner is meant to be the heel here, but he's definitely more over with the fans. Blue Demon Junior is a hundred percent the Rudo. Yeah, but he's meant to be the Technico, which I mean sums up Triple A, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Your main event, two legends. You don't know how to book them. Sounds like wrestling in general at the moment, really. Well, yeah. So Blue Demon Jr. grabs a fucking claw hammer and starts murdering people. <laughs> like, you fucking prick. He's literally taking this fucking claw hammer and just smashing Wagner with it in his ribs, on his hand, or across his head. That's a message to everyone goes, if you're going to use a fucking sledgehammer. Jesus Christ, man. Like, it's probably a rubber hammer. Yeah, but no, I'm talking what I'm saying about rubber claw hammer. Yeah. Nah, it's AAA. They can't afford rubber. Oh, it's, oh. Do you think it was legit? I, I'm going to allow my belief to be uh, suspended and assume that Blue Jim is a cunt and probably had a rubber one and replace it with a real one. <laughs> Maybe so, man. So the match is typical uh, kind of blood feud stuff, gory, slow moving, weapons everywhere, long submission attempts. Matt Stryker's best line of the night comes in reference to Blue Demon Jr.'s bleeding. He goes, what does blue and red make? Green? Brilliant. I mean, Venice is right. Think about it. What do blue and red make? Hulkamania. <laughs> Purple, <laughs> not green. He doesn't know to mix colours for fuck's sake. Evidently, neither do I. Oh, Tax, what's wrong with you? Anyway, so for almost no reason that you're, you've had lack of sleep, he's fucking commentating Triple A's main WrestleMania. Exactly, and he's knackered because he's been sat there for 12 days. Oh, he's a fucking idiot. He ruined this for me. Like, I would have quite enjoyed some of this, but constantly just Matt Stryker. Like, nah, 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 nah. It's like, fucking shut the fuck up, you prick. Anyway, for almost no reason at all, Blue Demon Jr. gets out of the ring and just sucker punches one of Wagner's kids. And you're like, what the fuck happened? Rightly so. <laughs> it's so funny. He was being disrespectful to his elders. <coughs> Which leads into the finish of the match. Let me take a drink so I can get through this. At this stage, I was thinking, very similar to when we were watching Joey Janela's Spring Break, and we had the um, Nick Gage bloody 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 match oh no no it wasn't it gage in the bloody main event of uh night one it was about the crazy japanese hardcore guy and the american guy who i don't know his name it was just a bit too bloody for my liking at this stage i was a bit like okay oh, i'm looking forward to this being over at least they're not shoving scissors into each other's necks and stuff no that's very true but they are potentially hitting each other in the ribs with a claw hammer yeah there is that <laughs> so finish of the match blue demon jr does a fujiwara for fucking ages to wagner it lasts like five minutes let's just keep going back to it which i understand working a move but this is boring you know yeah but again if you think this this food this long ass fujiwara armbar mm. you know it's it's for the visuals because their camera work is so shit it's a case of we might get one picture out of this for the sticker book it's a fair point yeah both their faces are facing forward they're both bleeding like and also, yeah. and also, old boys, pretty knackered, rest hold. Oh, they seem shattered the moment they got in the ring. Like, Wagner's always had pretty good cardio, but Blue Demon just is not working at all. Like, he's just letting... He's just taking advantage of Wagner, essentially, at this point. Yeah, bullying. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. man. 
So I think it's all political as well, you know. So Wagner eventually taps out, but the heel ref doesn't see it because he's looking across the ring or something. Uh, Blue Demon Jr. gives up on the Fujiwara anyway. Heel ref goes to lift Blue Demon Jr.'s arm, but doesn't. And you're like, what's happening? This is really weird. Uh, The heel ref then calls for a (laughs) schoolboy. He's like, schoolboy, schoolboy, schoolboy. As Wagner complies. Fast count, one, two, Blue Demon Jr. kicks out even of that. Doctor, a.k.a. Mishinoku driver for Wagner gets two. Kneeling Doctor slash Mishinoku driver. Oh, my God. They just botched this fucking finish. Just kill him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Blue Demon Jr.'s kid forgets to pull the ref out of the ring on the three. So the ref just stops counting at two and is like, oh, no, no, no. There's definitely that was two. He kicked out. Uh, Blue Demon Jr. and Wagner's kids do shoving, etc. in the ring. Blue Demon's kid uh, is meant to get in there with a breeze slash cinder block, whatever. But the cinder block crumbles in his hands. So all he's left with is essentially like a rock in his hand. <laughs> dusty, of, dusty rock. Yeah, like, how would you put it? Crumbly material? Yeah. It's it's really bad. Unforgiving concrete. For sure. And there's, there's a bit of a botchy kind of a smoz here. Ends up with Blue Demon Jr. smashing a piece of leftover from this breeze block over fucking Wagner's head for the one, two, three. And Blue Demon Jr. wins, obviously, because Blue Demon Jr. doesn't sell. Uh, he doesn't lose ever. All the medical assistants sell for Wagner's quite fun after the match, but what a letdown. Now, the best thing of this, obviously, we're, again, through post-show research. So the whole idea of this is that also, um, if Wagner loses, he retires. Oh, really? Did you not get that for any of the commentary? Not at all. So afterwards did you get the big speech again at the end yeah like we had and did you understand what it was uh, to an extent in that i i know wagner's gimmick and i know blue demon stuff and some of it was kind of translated yeah so basically again he's doing his usual wagner shit until he then goes on about his retirement yeah and i was like oh my god he's retired but what he didn't actually say is that the next the next day he came out in the press and was like oh no i'm not retired I've got bookings for the rest of this year and maybe some next year. But once I've done all my existing bookings, then I'm going to retire. So the whole idea that it was going to be a retirement match, uh, he's just gone like, after, at the end of the year, at the end of the year, I'll retire. I I couldn't handle it. You know what I mean? If I had anything to do with this, I'd be so fucking furious as a fan, as someone working at ringside or whatever it was. Even if I had the fucking popcorn, I'd be like, what the fuck am I doing? Wasting my time on this bullshit? When I saw the card for this, and I sent you this on Twitter, yeah, the the main three matches, I thought, fuck me, this is going to be really, really good. Yeah, and I'm so glad that AAA has maintained its level of when we watched back all the way on episode two, that this was fantastically brilliant. Oh, it was so bad. It was funny at times, you know. Big There's- shout out to Big Mummy and her crown, her entrance, and she's now one of the top top. Hang on, hang on. Let's not skip over the fact that Wagner loses his hair because that's like the worst oh, thing in the world, uh, isn't it? <laughs> like, I understand being demasked, but having your hair cut in the ring, I've never seen it as like an embarrassing thing. I lost my or... hair in my early 20s. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, they didn't even do hair versus hair matches. And someone's growing out their hair for like three inches just to make sure something. Yeah. I just don't care. Yeah, there's no point. I don't. I don't get them. Hair versus mask, fine. Yeah. Mask versus mask, definitely. Absolutely, yeah. Mark like, unveiling your identity yeah. for the first time is a huge deal, you know. But losing your hair and your hair cut off is going to grow back in a few weeks. For yeah. Wagner, you know, like all I'm left with now is hair versus beard matches for sure. <laughs> and I would never let anyone put you put over for that. So there's a bit here where they kind of shake hands, 
but we're not sure because it's not shown on camera. Yeah. But Matt Stryker puts it over like they have shaken hands, which is just mad to me. This motherfucker tried to kill you with a claw hammer and you lost the match. Don't shake his fucking hand. And more importantly, he lost his hair. <laughs> <laughs> so Wagner promo retires, as he said. Uh, Blue Demon Jr. then basically grabs the mic, puts him and himself and his kid over, shits on any good feeling that was coming out from this main event. Fuck this show. Blue Demon Jr. comes across like a right piece of shit. Everyone looks really genuinely annoyed at the stuff he said in the ring. The commentators suck their own dicks for a few minutes at the end of the match. Be like, oh, we're so great at our jobs, aren't we? And then we're out of here. Six stars in Arena Mexico! Minus five stars. Wow. That was a fucking ride. However, don't worry, because we were speaking off air last week about what we were going to do. And we are going to we are going to go for some trilogies, so some progressive storyline episodes. Cool. Partly because it's nice to chat and you know, episodes of Raw are about an hour. So then we can actually really cover it and go into detail of the background at the time. Okay. So I am going to propose we do a Twitter poll. Okay. Cool. And then let our listeners or people who follow us on Twitter decide. We are going to go for one of two trilogies to lead us towards episode 50. Okay, cool. The first trilogy is the run of the Ministry of Darkness with The Undertaker in the Attitude Era. So we're going to find the three episodes Ooh. leading from the start to the grand climax of the higher power being revealed it was me <laughs> or it was me all along we Sorry. are going to do our very own version of the rise and fall of wcw nitro which will be the first nitro the goldberg hogan nitro in the georgia dome and the last ever nitro okay cool so that's not much of a trilogy there's no story there really well the story of nitro how it evolved from start yeah. to finish from a shopping okay, okay. centre go yeah, to go the go Georgia on. Dome shopping to being bought center. out. I love it, yeah. <laughs> um, to the Ministry of Darkness, how they formed. So that's it. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, at World of Rest Pod, let us know which one you want to be involved with. Can I put a third option in there? No, because someone else might pick it. <laughs> <laughs> What's your third option? So one of the things I've been thinking about doing recently is the Tana shinsuke run in new japan is it available in new japan world will it be easy for me to find absolutely sir but the, the whole idea of these shows is that they're an hour long yeah. whereas the tana shinsuke stuff would be like four hour epics yeah it's three four hour five hour shows yeah oh fuck <laughs> it's good at least yeah okay we can maybe do one early new japan show we'll find like the first shinsuke uh nakamura no, i tell you what Tanahashi we'll, match what we'll do is we will do the what whatever our twitter followers like of the nitro versus raw we'll then do a couple of spot shows leading to episode 50 and then after episode 50 we'll do tanner and shinsuke trilogy because by right. that time your busy period of summer will be over my busy work period will be over. <laughs> Heading into tax return deadline. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Or I might have been fired. So who knows? <laughs> okay. Uh, cool. Sounds good, man. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Let's rate the show. What, what genuinely did you think about it? Um, I thought the first... Uh, the problem is with me with these um, non-English language shows. I find it very difficult to get involved in the whole show because yeah. I, I need the stories without having to go and do the research. <laughs> Trust me, it wasn't better with the fucking English commentary. Um it got progressively worse as the show went on. Don't get me wrong, the Lucha Bros, and again, anything Penta is always entertaining to watch. I did enjoy the Cain Velasquez Lucha heavyweight. That was quite good. But it's exactly the same as AAA was before. It's a... Uncannily so. Yeah. It was too 
serious done badly than it is being slightly comedic, slightly shitty, which I enjoy more. Yeah. So I'm going to go to Cornflakes. We've done some bad shows on this podcast. We've, We've what- done some TNA, which I've come out <laughs> feeling like I'm going to be sick because it was that bad, you know? Hang on. Are you trying to say that no one wants to do the gauntlet for the gold? This oh. was on another level. Wow. This was... I'm watching guys doing stuff like that is killing them and going, <laughs> I just don't care. I, I honestly, like, it felt like I got beat down as I was watching the show more and more. I went in going like, come on, it's AAA. It's going to be funny. It's going to be entertaining. At least it's going to be some bad stuff that we could joke about. It got to the point where I was just like, I really don't want to watch these last two hours. I texted yeah. you going, please give me some motivation to watch the end of this bollocks <laughs> like as soon as kenny omega came on like i genuinely was like ah like that moment you come and you're like oh finally that feels amazing you know what i mean i don't remember that is and then they, <laughs> but then they started wrestling and i'm like oh they're doing the same shit they always do there's not even a real story here yeah. or anything like oh that's why i was hoping these 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 segments at least we've got stories to, and history to go through for these ones but yeah, yeah. We're completely going to end up doing Triple Mania again in the future, but I really don't want to. Was this better or worse than Triple Mania 25? Worse. Much worse. I would say worse. Absolutely worse. Triple Mania 25 had hilarious bits. Like, the wrestling was better on this show. The Exoticos were not... uh, One match. Yeah. The Exoticos. I want more Exoticos. I want more ridiculous spots and stipulations. I want inflatable pricks at ringside and hot dogs and whatever. You know what I mean? And I want stuff to go wrong more as well. I want no. people to fucking fall on their heads a few bit. Like, stuff to go wrong more. <laughs> cool. Where can people find you on the social medias? Okay, so uh, I'm Fanboy Rich. Uh, best probably followers on World of Rest Pod on Twitter. That's where we'll be doing the Twitter poll for the upcoming shows. And if you want to recommend stuff or talk to us or whatever it is, that's the place to do it. Uh, how about you? I'm at the Tex Williams on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yesterday rated as a better wrestler than Tomohiro Ishii on some app. You Luck- this bloody app. Yeah. I hate it. It's <laughs> dog shit. I found it and I thought to myself, how the hell is Just Invincible above me? <laughs> um, but yeah, but mainly World of Rest Pod. You can find um, our archive at worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. Like, subscribe. If you like what we do, tell a friend. Um, and as you know, as we show them, buy a t-shirt so we can make Murder Clown merch. Fucking A. Hopefully I'm not getting ill so we actually do a pod next week because I feel like crap right now. All hail the plague pod. <sighs> Don't watch AAA, whatever you do. Love you lots, people. Bye-bye.